or Greg Carrasco. Kick it. Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasco Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this light go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live, here is your warning The topics are flowing every Saturday morning Car talk like Sherlock, the guy knows wheels like a douse talk Movie talk on a boardwalk, shoot facts like a tomahawk So entertaining, turn up the station There's no more waiting, the show is beginning It's too late to escape, let's go Here's your host, Greg Give me the thumbs up, so I know that we're live. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> what a way to start the show, man. What a way to start the show. You know, it's, it's one of those beautiful things that, uh, you know, you broadcast from your house. You don't know at any given point whether your equipment is going to work or not. And I'm not talking about Ben's sex life here. I'm talking about the radio. <laughs> 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 oh, goodness. Good morning, slackers. It's Saturday morning. Here we are once again. I don't know what happened to the weather, though. A couple of days ago, it was 22 degrees, and this morning it's like freezing again. Um, the, how was your week, man? Yeah, it was good. Uh, just enjoying the nice weather. Got out for a couple of bike rides this week, which is something that I was really active with last summer. Um, I really like taking my bike out when the weather is a little bit more inclement. It's, got the, it's one of those ones with the really thin tires. So it doesn't do too well if the roads are wet or if it's cold out. But uh, yeah, I've just been trying to get, spend a lot of time outside and get my dog to the dog park as much as possible. I think um, this winter has been really difficult, partly just because everybody's been locked up and there hasn't been a whole lot to do. So now with uh, the ability to go outside, go to the park, take your dog out to the dog park, stuff like that, it's been, it's been great. Well, I'm, I am actually looking forward to this. You know, I, I think I, um, I, I see myself on, on the system right now. So, you know, we're going to wait until the first commercial for us to set all the system up here. Uh, you know, before we carry on with the conversation, Ken, um, I want to send the number out because we're, we're going to be addressing a bunch of car um, business issues this morning. If you have any uh, questions about anything car-related, car dealerships, selling cars, buying cars, leasing cars, trading cars, your appraised value and whatnot, call us, 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050 is the phone number, and if you're calling from Town, it's 1-855-591-6876. Um, you know, this weekend, we're going to keep this really short, um, because this weekend we have, um, we have a flash sale. Uh, since we have no life can, we've decided to open the entire weekend. Uh, you know, Saturday we're open 9 to 6 today. And tomorrow uh, we're going to be open from 11 to 4. Um, tomorrow is by appointment only, so last appointment shows up. We, we close shop. But, um, you know, I keep getting into trouble, Ben, and uh, I, I can't even explain to you how annoying this is. Um, 
every single month, I'm going to put an ad out there, and somebody is going to get their knickers on a knot and complain to my dad, and uh, I get a slap on <laughs> the wrist. <laughs> is it your, your dad being uh, the president of Nissan Canada? <laughs> sure. And I get a slap on the wrist. You know, I get fines. I get all sorts of... <laughs> Fines, get complaints, and you know the funny thing is that I—they often send even pieces, you know, bits and pieces of my communications out to the customers. They never really send the whole thing. So, you know, when you put as much content into, you know, the largest Canadian marketplace, you're bound to have some issues. And unfortunately, uh, guys are more focused on what I'm doing, and they forget about what they're doing themselves at, at their stores. But uh, I, I wanted to share a story with you. Um, uh, you know, Ken, this morning, we had a customer this week um, came in and bought another Nissan from us, and he had he had bought a Nissan from us a little while ago. Uh, he bought a Nissan Kicks. Uh, I think it was at the end of last year. And um, he got into a head-on collision. And when, I, when I'm talking about head-on collision, I mean a, a catastrophic head-on collision. It was a complete write-off. If you want to see what I'm talking about, Go to my Instagram account at, at Greg Carrasco. You can do that right now. I can and see yeah, what yeah, you, I'm gonna, you see. I'm, I'm going to check it out and see what's going on here. Yeah, you oh, need to oh. see it because um, I, I need to put this uh, under some context. Um, so this customer came in, and this this accident happened last week. And when he showed us the picture, it was um, it, it, something didn't make sense. Something didn't make sense. Because nothing happened to the customer. I think that there was a scratch in one of his fingers and he had a Band-Aid or something. But uh, only when you look at the magnitude of the accident that this customer had, you can put in perspective the technology and the safety equipment that most vehicles today come equipped with. My goodness. You see it? This thing, Craig, this thing is mangled. Yeah, if you if you have have your smartphone or whatever, go to Greg's Instagram page at Greg Carrasco. My goodness, like I'll tell you, I've been in one car accident in my life that was similar to that. Uh -huh. Like the car looks like that afterwards. It was a five series BMW when uh, a buddy of mine bought when we were probably eighteen years old, and he took this thing into a tree, <clears throat> probably going eighty miles an hour. And oh, wow. it was the same thing. Just the whole front was compacted, like got beat up on all the sides. And we were lucky enough that because it was, you know, a five series and the safety features were so good that all three of the people in the car were able to walk away from the accident, like scot free. And like, I, I see that, yeah. that thing. It, it makes me remember, man. I mean, it's scary and it's lucky that's, in vehicles such as the kicks, the technology features and the safety features are so good now that the consumer can feel safe when they're driving it, even in a collision where it's head on like this one, the car is absolutely mangled. Well, when, uh, when my internet manager, Raj, uh, sent me the picture and I, at first I thought he was joking. And, uh, again, I, I haven't seen the vehicle. I'm just trusting the, the picture the customer gave to us and um, when I saw it I thought man you know th this sort of situation is something that you wouldn't have been able to duplicate back in the 70s and 60s because the, the technology in vehicles was so significantly different 
But, um, you know, I still see so many vehicles on the road these days that are 15, 20 years old. And, you know, I don't think that people realize how much more advanced vehicles are. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to circle this back to something that I wanted to talk about, especially as it pertains to the car industry. Because, you see, this, this customer bought something that we call gap insurance. Uh, I don't know if, you, uh, if you've ever heard of this before, Ken. Uh, if, if you know what that is, uh, no. please tell me so I don't have to go into an explanation <laughs> I, to you. Okay, no, I've so, never heard of that gap so insurance before. When, whenever you purchase a vehicle, whether it's twenty, thirty, dollars $100,000, um, and you, you take it off the lot, immediately the vehicle becomes a used car, and there is uh, a naturally occurring depreciation. So if you drive the car home, and uh, on the way home you get into an accident, the vehicle literally is not worth what you paid for, and then there is a gap between what you owe and what the vehicle is worth. So a lot of insurance will include that with the policy, but it's not something that happens all the time. And unless you're paying attention to this, um, you may get yourself into a situation in which, like this customer, um, you, you get into a full write-off situation and uh, you have a big delta between your outstanding loan and what, you, uh, what the vehicle is worth or what would be the appraised value of that specific unit. So, so this would be very important, customer, Craig. This would be very important, for example, if somebody was buying like a brand new car because when you drive it off the lot, it's inherently going to lose some value. Whereas if somebody was driving perhaps uh, something a little bit older that wasn't going to retain its value as well, it wouldn't necessarily be as important. Actually, you know, you, you are partially right. It's, it's far more significant when you buy a new car, but uh, this doesn't take away the validity of gap insurance when you buy a used car because, again, we, we all know this. The cars are a giant waste of money, and uh, they will continue to depreciate until they're practically worthless. And uh, buying gap insurance in your used car is something that I, I, I still recommend. Uh, it's something that you, everyone should have. Gap insurance is what is really going to make up the difference between uh, you being able to put on the road another vehicle of equivalent value and one that uh, you're going to have to pay the bank. The difference between the value of your vehicle and, uh, and, and the outstanding loan. And a lot of people don't have the money to do so. And the reason why I want to bring this up, Ken, is, is for something a little bit different that you may think. When, when we sold this customer the gap insurance, um, the customer was not happy. He, he, was, he was literally not happy. Uh, he begrudged the fact that we, uh, that we told him that he should. Um, you know, he wanted to cancel it a couple of times, and, and, and through some conversations, he, he ultimately agreed. Okay, I said, okay, fine, I'm going to take gap insurance. And this was, this was the, the work. This was the hard work of one of my business managers. Um, if a salesperson would have been handled this whole business office situation, the salesperson wouldn't have wanted to get his life or her life complicated and said, ah, yeah, don't worry about it, cancel it. Okay? So through the, through the persuasion of one of our F&I managers, we were able to convince the customers to get gap insurance. So when this happened, the, the delta between what he owed and what the vehicle was worth after the write-off, after the write-off was quite a few thousand dollars. So when the customer came in this week and he said, you know, guys, I, I have to thank you for looking after me in the sense that you, you made the right suggestions for something that could potentially happen. 
And that gap insurance was able to save this customer thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And on top of that, it allowed him the opportunity just to go into another vehicle of the, the same value and just continue his life. And guess what? Do you think that he bought gap insurance again? <laughs> uh, well, I'm assuming that this customer wasn't in the I'm going to count my chickens category and probably locked it in right away. But it's a smart decision. And it's not something that I feel like a lot of consumers think about needing prior to needing it. Nobody projects that you're going to be in a car accident. That's why it's an accident. They seem to happen when you're least expecting it. And so it's important well, as a consumer to protect yourself in all the ways that you can. And certainly gap insurance, especially if you're buying a new vehicle, or like you said, even if you're driving something used, is one of the ways that you can protect your pocketbook from coming out on the wrong end of the deal. So here is the question that I have for my industry and for any consumer that wants to have a conversation with me this morning in relation to the function of the business office in the car dealership today. If you have a say on this, call us 416-870-1050 and if you're calling from out of town, it's 1-855-591-6876. So here is the question that I ask people from my industry. Why to this day, why do we still have sales managers and salespeople working at car dealerships not supporting the business office. Uh, or better yet, not understanding the business office and exposing customers to unnecessary risk. So, you know, m many of you are probably going to say, oh, you know, here goes Carrasco again talking about extended warranties and whatnot. Okay? Yes, that is me again. But there is a, there is a reason why I, I want to discuss this with all of you, and uh, especially today, because today is the last Saturday of the month. And uh, if you're going to work right now, and uh, number one, if you don't have any appointments, you just turn around and go home. You know, take your, take the weekend off, folks. If you if you're a salesperson and you're showing up to your office today and you don't have a single appointment, do yourself a favor. Uh, you should be embarrassed. You should be ashamed of yourself that you worked the entire month and then the last Saturday of the month you're showing up empty-handed to your company. You have you you don't know what you're doing. You need to go home. You need to probably reassess your career choices. On top of that, if you are working in the car industry today and you are selling some vehicles and you are not advising your customers of the right thing to do as it pertains to the protection of the vehicle after you buy the car, I think that the time, the time has come. The time has come for you to make a decision as to what do you think you know about the car industry. So I want to take a small break right now. And uh, again, the number to call is 416-870-1050. And if you call them from out of town, it's 1-855-591-6876. On the other side of the break, I want to tell you the importance of the business office in car dealerships today. And I know that many car groups across the country are flirting with the idea of eliminating the business office in the first place. Do I think it's a good idea? Not, not yet. Not yet. I don't think that we are ready as a society to let the responsibility of managing risk after the purchase of a vehicle left in the hands of the consumer or the salespeople. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. Before you buy a car, you owe it to yourself. You need to come and see me at Oakville Nissan or Oakville Infinity. We'll be right back after the break. And we're back. I, I need to apologize profusely to you folks because um, we were getting some crazy echo coming back on our feed here a little while ago. So I, I certainly hope that uh, it's gone away. 
And if anybody can just corroborate that assumption that we have here at the studio, because we can't, uh, we can't really tell. Uh, do you see the echo again, man? It's not a matter of seeing it rather than hearing it. <laughs> but I do still yeah, fair, fair point. Yeah. Fair point, fair point. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, see how, we'll see how that works for the rest of the show here. Craig, I don't know if you saw what was going on in France a little bit earlier this week, but basically there was a huge protest because the farmers in all the French farmers are demanding fair price on their produce. And these guys basically rolled up to all the government buildings and just started dumping manure everywhere with their tractors. And the riot police are out there trying to slow down the tractors, except it's a tractor, so you can line up, but they're just driving right through the lines. Like, it, it's just a disaster. And it, it was like, my goodness. I've never seen anything like it. Nope. Just a bunch of tractors just walking around wrecking everything. I, I've seen that before. Uh, you know, I can't remember when, but I think it's, it was somewhere in the 90s that uh, there was some al alleged cyanide-injected grapes coming from Chile. And uh, um, no one the U.S. stopped buying grapes from Chile at the time. And I remember all the farmers in uh, in Santiago, just driving from from the south up to the capital, and just dumping tons and tons of grapes outside of the uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> outside of the government buildings. It's, it's insane. You don't want to mess with the farmers, man. You do not want to mess with the farmers. I, you know, I haven't been paying attention to what's happening in France, but I have been paying attention to what's happening in India. In India, there is an agrarian reform problem that is 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 sent the entire country into a a chaos, especially when it comes to farmers, because uh, there is an agrarian reform going on in India, and uh, it's making just about every farmer unhappy there. And I, I really hope to sort that stuff out because that one has got the potential uh, to turn, you know, pretty dangerous. Um, I'll, I'll keep my eye on that. But uh, again, that's just world politics. You know, let's let's circle this back to to what we were talking about here in in the car industry. Uh, again, this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the No Commission salespeople, and this weekend we have a flash sale. So today we're open until 6, and tomorrow, 11 to 4. Folks, I, unfortunately, I cannot tell you what the offers are because I will get in trouble. I mean it. Uh, there are people waiting for me to say the wrong thing, and uh, if, if I tell you something that is too aggressive, you know, they, they get all bent out of shape and they get me into trouble, and I don't want to do that. So, you know, if you are a an Oakville Nissan customer or a future Oakville Nissan customer, you, customer, you need to make it down. My team is there. We will look after you. It's, it's, it's important that you don't buy a vehicle before you come and see me. Um, but let's go back to this F&I situation. Do you know what the F&I office is, uh, Ken, the business office? The F&I business office. No, I'm not familiar. Yeah, it's finance and insurance. Okay. You know, when, whenever you go and buy a vehicle uh, after they sell you the car, then you go to the F&I department, the business manager, and uh, there is this really weird, uh, obscure stigma about the business office in, in which they call it the shakedown, and here they're going to try to sell you all these things, and, and they are often viewed as this, uh, as this group of people that uh, they, they, all they want to do is to upsell you and sell you things that you don't need and so on and so on. And I. I I never really understood the, the the myths that would come in out of that business office. Now, again, just like in everything else in life, there are some people that are just 
are in it for themselves and they're trying to just maximize their own individual profits without any consideration for what the customer truly needs. Now, there are some things that you need to have. There are some things that you don't need to have. For example, if you're having, if you have a three-year lease, it would be silly for you to buy an extended warranty. So if somebody's trying to sell you an extended warranty on a lease that is covered traditionally by the manufacturer, eh, you probably need to walk out of that office. I mean, there are some very basic common sense things that you need to, that you need to address. But, you know, here's the thing. The business office has some irrefutable benefits to the consumer, to the dealership, and to the relationship between the two of them. So the first one is this. More, by getting the right advice from the business office, you are potentially going to leave more money in the customer's pockets. And this is something that I see all the time, uh, Ken. Retirees. They always make the same mistake. You, you know, right now you're talking about the boomers, right? Boomers, you know, lived through the, uh, through the depression, or perhaps their parents lived through the depression. They, they like to collect coupons, man. Right? They pinch the pennies. They save as much as they can. And, uh, in the mentality that they have is that if they don't have the money in the bank, they shouldn't be driving it. Which is not a bad thing to do. Except one thing. When you are living on a fixed income and you are taking money from that little stash that you put away for the last 60 or 70 years and you're using it to pay for the highest depreciating asset on the face of the planet, it's not a good financial decision. Now, somebody's going to say to me, well, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm getting nothing on my returns or my investments. Then at that point, I say to you, you need to call Money Mike. Because Money Mike is getting me a return on the investment, and, and he will manage your money better. And by the way, happy birthday to Money, uh, Money Mike. His birthday just passed. You know, I think that he turned 59. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. He's only 48, I think. Um, so happy birthday, Money Mike. So that's the first thing that you do. You know, instead of allowing your customers to make a financial mistake, and I'll tell you, man, you know, we, I, I was talking about this last week. Uh, I always say that we don't respect our elders enough. But also, our elders don't give the young people the credit they deserve. We know the world in a different way. And sometimes we have a better way of doing things than the ways that you're used to. So when, when you come to me with your retired parents and you say to me, Gregor, you know, you don't try to convince them. They're going to pay cash for a $50,000 car. And I'm thinking, what? Why would you do that? You can never replenish those $50,000 out of the bank account. So don't let your customers pay cash. It's not a good idea. So number one, you're going to keep more money in their pockets. Number two, it will limit their financial exposure. Look what happened with this gap insurance situation here. If the business office didn't have this you know, it, right in the forefront of what was happening during the transaction. This is a new car. You know, if you don't have a lot of money saved up, if something were to happen, who is going to make your payments? If something were to happen, who is going to pay the gap? If something were to happen, who is going to bail you out? You see, you have to remember this, folks. The Every single insurance that you could buy on anything, and by that I mean life insurance, gap insurance, fire liability, disability insurance, um, extended warranties, rust proofing, all these things that are sold to you as insurances are a complete waste of money until you need them. The problem is that you never know when you are going to need them. So 
Do I have life insurance? Do you have life insurance, Ken? I think that we've discussed this before. Life insurance? Uh, life insurance is something that life insurance is something that I've looked into in the past, but no, I've never pulled the trigger on it. No pun intended. Just based off the fact that it's like you don't think that you need it when you're <laughs> that, 30 years that old. Was dark, man. Dark. <laughs> uh, dark. You know, who thinks about their own mortality when you're you know in your 20s, early 30s? It's not something that you think about, and perhaps that's an well, oversight I mean, that look, people this age have, or even people that are younger have, all the time. I can tell you who does. You know, the moment that there is someone that is more important than yourself is when you think. Example, if you have, if you're 25 years old and you have a little one uh, and something were to happen to you, how is a little one going to be handled? How is that little one is going to be taken care of? So there, there are perfectly reasonable um, situations in which people in their 20s will be thinking about an, a life insurance. But for the most part, you know, all of us would have reasonable life insurance. And, for the very reason that we don't know when something may happen. So whenever you buy an insurance, whenever an insurance is offered to you, you always have to make the decision, do I have this insurance covered somewhere else? Do I have somebody that will look after this just in case I can't? Uh, I went to a, a seminar once in which the guy was talking about life insurance and he said, you know, I don't, I don't like to call it life insurance. I like to call it love insurance because love is what I'm going to leave behind for my people, for the ones that I love are the ones that are going to reap the benefits of me not being here because when I'm not here, I'm not going to be able to love my people. I'm not going to be able to look after them. That's the reason why it's so important. Now, there is a lot of cost in, uh, <sighs> Let me see if I can find another word to describe. There is a lot of uh, side cost that you have, uh, incidentals that you would have whenever you buy a vehicle, whether it's your insurance, whether it's an unexpected breakdown, whether it's an accident that will write off your vehicle. If you don't have the proper coverage on this, it can literally send your finances on a tailspin. But to this day, I still hear about sales managers and salespeople that refused that refuse to have the discussion with the customer for the fear of losing a sale. And there is a problem there, Ken. It is a problem. The reason why this becomes a bigger problem is that studies have been conducted for decades now in which, in which they always say the same thing. For example, if you have an extended warranty on your vehicle, the chances are that you will increase the retention of the customer by two or three folds. If you have an extended warranty on your vehicle and something happens to the vehicle, you are guaranteeing that that customer will be taken care of. So now it, it doesn't become an expense. It becomes a way and a reason for the dealership to shine. Now, if something breaks down and the customer doesn't have an extended warranty, who, the, who do you think they're going to blame for the problems? Ken, what do you think? Ken? I don't Hello? think the Ken is listening to me. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, of course, of course, they're going to blame the dealership. It's it's natural because nobody ever wants to take the responsibility for their own inaction, and by not buying the proper warranty or not getting the proper insurance, ultimately it's on the consumer. But they will never take responsibility when something actually goes wrong. 
Well, it, it never does. And unfortunately, the, there are many, many salespeople that are only concentrated on making a sale just so they can pay their bills. And I, hey, listen, don't hold it against me. I mean, I completely understand that. And the last thing that you want is to add more cost to the transaction that could potentially jeopardize the entire transaction in the first place. So I, I get it. But you see, at some point, you need to make the decision as to whether you're doing this to pay your bills or you're doing this as, as a reciprocal exchange between you and the consumer. Because if you're looking at it as a reciprocal exchange with the consumer, it's got to benefit both of you. So if you are sending the customer out there with a vehicle that, you know, it's a $50,000 vehicle, they buried some negative equity, so they were upside down in the previous loan by $10,000. You know, when I worked for those very, very, you know, miserable weeks with Chrysler, I saw so many $80,000 caravans on the road. It was frightening. So people just, they were upside down on the loan and they would just refinance negative equity and refinance it and refinance it. And I, I don't know how or why all these loans were approved because by the time it was all said and done, the customers could never get out of these transactions. And this happens all around the city. So if you don't have a basis of, a, of morality when it comes to the exchange that you have with your consumer, ah, it, it, you are putting yourself and the customers in a in, in a pretty interesting position. Now, the next benefit that you have by encouraging and supporting the business office is higher CSI. History has told us that if the customer is happier long term, the customer will be happy with your store every time you're car manufacturers and sending surveys, 10 surveys a month these days, you will enjoy a higher customer satisfaction simply because all the bases are covered. And also, I mean, ultimately what you want as a salesperson and as a dealership is to provide your consumer with the peace of mind that it requires. Now, whenever somebody's buying $50,000 worth of vehicles from you, why wouldn't you want that customer be fully protected? I don't get it. You see, there are many car dealerships and, and car groups these days, uh, Ken, that are trying to move away from the concept of the business office. And although I understand that it's coming from a good place, I fundamentally disagree with it. And the reason why I disagree with it is the following. If you ask most people, would you want to spend another $4,000 on your car to buy yourself an extended warranty and increase your payments by, I don't know, $20, $30 a month? Would you want to do it? The answer to that would be probably no. Would you agree with that statement, Ken? Uh, I think he's so just working on his line because we're working on that Echo still. So he's just disconnected at the moment. No problem. Most customers, when presented with the choice of increasing their payments will say no. Now, it is my job as a dealership, it is my job as your professional automotive consultant, it is my job as someone that is going to have your back to tell you the following. Would you say that 99% reliability is a good percentage of liability? The customer will say yes. What about if I told you that 99% 99.9% reliability is what you, you should expect from your vehicle? The customer is going to say, yeah, that's pretty good. Well, when the average vehicle in the marketplace right now has 25,000 parts, a 0.1 
percent that is not reliable in your vehicle represents 25 potential breakdowns, 25 potential repairs, 25 potential problems. Now look at this. I know I'm going to get pretty esoteric right now, and, and that's okay, because this is aimed for the people in the car industry. So if you have 25 parts that could potentially break down, the average hours per hour in the city right now is about 1.5. So let me just give you a crazy number. If, you're, if your door rate is $100, the average customer on a repair will pay 1.5 hours per hour or labor, which often is matched by the same number of dollars in parts. So if you take $150 in labor, $150 in parts, you're talking about $300 per average repair on your vehicle. So if you do the math on this, and let's say that five of those parts, you know, you don't have to pay because they're covered by your warranty, and you have only 20 repairs over the next six or seven years, you're still looking at $6,000 of repairs that you may have to put on your vehicle, and that is with a 99.9% .9 reliable vehicle. I don't know if this makes any sense to you guys, but in my mind, buying a vehicle without an extended warranty, and as, as it pertains to what we're talking about this morning, is irresponsible for salespeople, sales managers, and dealerships to let customers out of their store with a loan, with a cash purchase, with a customer that has the intention of keeping the vehicle for four, five, six, seven years and not doing everything possible to protect the customer from their future self because nobody wants to do it right now. And I've said this many times before, we always sacrifice what we want most from what we want right now. And most customers, what they want most is to have a long-term problem-free relationship with their vehicle that they can drive it to the ground for the next 10 or 15 years without any problems at all, which is ultimately what we want. But what they want right now is to save every single penny. Sometimes it requires an expert to lay the case, to lay the foundation for a good argument in front of the customer for the customer to make the right decision. I don't understand why to this day we have executives at our dealerships trying to deter customers from protecting themselves, trying to deter customers from making the right decisions for them, trying to move away the customers from doing something that is going to guarantee that the customer comes back to that dealership and the customer is going to be happy in the long term. If you disagree with me, I want you to call me. 416-870-1050 is the number. And if you're calling from Autotown, it's 1-855-591-6876. Folks, there is only a few days left until the My Choice sales event ends for the month of March. And remember that you can get up to 2% rate reduction, up to $1,500 cash back, and up to five years of prepaid maintenance when you buy anything that we have in stock at Oakville Nissan. We will, we'll be right back after the break. It's a mix of EDM and country. Innovative. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, folks, we've reached a, a new time, an all-time low. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the music production of our show. I apologize to anyone that's listening to me right now. We we have had a tremendous and horrible morning of technical difficulties here. Uh, I hope the echo is still going, but uh, now the icing on the cake was country music. That's great.
Thank you, Ben. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying my best to make things work over here. I think the very least I can do is pick a song that I somewhat like. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, Tech producer Ben, we're putting you, it through this the ringer. Is, this is not about you. You know, I, I've worked so hard for the last 13 years or so to bring something compelling and uh, engaging, and you slap country music on my show. This is, I don't know. If you're out there, I, and you I guess I should show song, some respect. Please. A lot of people that listen to the show live in the in the country. So what's that? If even one person calls to tell me they're okay with that song choice, my day's made. <laughs> of course, they won't call you. And if they well, do, it's four one six eight seven zero ten fifty and one eight five 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 nine one six eight seven six. You know, we we have only a few minutes left um, of this hour, and I I really hope that. Uh, if you work in the car industry, uh, you have an amazing Saturday. Uh, a lot of people don't understand how important Saturdays are in the life of a car salesperson or in the life of a manager that works in the car industry. Um, I can tell you that you can take the entire week off, but if you take a Saturday off, uh, you're going to have a lot of problems. Uh, you know, one Saturday off can can literally just kill your month. And uh, it's the same thing as a dealership. If you if if you blank on a Saturday, which is blank is, is a B word for us, it's just a terrible, terrible thing. You know, a blank is a day that uh, you, you come into work, you're open 9 to 9, and you sell nothing. Uh, that can set you back. <laughs> that can set you back a long, long, long time, especially in a month as crucial as March. Traditionally, March is the, uh, is the month that the spring uh, the spring market takes off and uh, the momentum start building for the new product to arrive. Next thing you know, the programs are all there. And uh, if you have happened to spend some time in the uh, shopping for vehicles in the last few weeks, you will notice that every single car manufacturer is putting all their cars on the table and saying, here, pick me. Pick me, pick me, pick me. So they're all doing the exact same thing. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Who are you, Tiny Tim? <laughs> Donkey. What's that? Who are you, Tiny Tim? <laughs> no, I was trying. That was a terrible impersonation of Donkey. Uh, was it Donkey? Yeah, it was a Donkey from Shrek. But no, that I, was, I, I, that I was, cannot do impersonations. That was the gingerbread man. Was that, was that the gingerbread man? I think man? it was the gingerbread well, you know, man. Yeah, 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 I like the Shrek reference. I, I'm getting shamed this morning by all the people that work with me on the show. This is not nice, man. This is not nice. Usually it's but the other anyways, way around. If you... Um, if if you happen to be in the market for getting a new vehicle, this is probably the day or the weekend that you should come out. Um, just about every dealership in the GTA is struggling to meet their targets because the targets are not set by us. They're set by the manufacturer. And uh, if you don't hit your target, you get in trouble with the manufacturer. And the targets are always too high because they always want you to sell more. Despite the fact that the world is falling apart, it doesn't matter. It's like everybody is just with their you know, head in the sand thinking, oh, don't worry about it. People will come. Okay, no problem. <laughs> so, you know, I know the world is on fire and here we are saying, come and buy a car from us. Come and buy a car. We're here for you. Uh, we don't have a choice, folks. We don't have a choice. And, uh, I, and I shouldn't complain because uh, we were lucky enough in the car industry that the government uh, designated us essential services and uh, we were able to remain somewhat kind of sort of open maybe uh, and uh, we were able to withstand um, you know quite a bit of the storm that we had last year so 
it is this is something that we need to do we need to make this happen and uh, as a consumer right now if you happen to be driving uh towards your dealership you ha- if you happen to have made your decision of uh and we are near you don't buy a car until you come and see me a lot of smart people come and see me before they buy anything and those who know know we will not let you down we will look after you um, what we're doing at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity is quite remarkable uh, we have people that are coming down from all over the province and and because of this radio show we reach places that most advertising cannot uh, we are in every phone in every car in every computer in all over Ontario so we we are shipping cars to Cochrane, Ontario, uh, to Sarnia, to Peterborough. Uh, people are coming from all over the province to to deal with the the hassle-free uh, transparency, radical transparency that is offered to you at uh, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Now, if you are uh, if you have any intention of looking at purchasing a vehicle, this may not be. A bad weekend to do it. Um, like I said to you before, I think that everyone is particularly motivated to move as much product as possible at whatever cost sometimes. And uh, this is the end of uh, most common manufacturers year-end. Uh, it's, it's the fiscal year-end. So they are putting everything they have to make sure that you have uh, probably the best incentives and uh, and, and programs that you can get in order for you to put yourself into a vehicle without uh, a great deal of disruption, especially if you have a lease. It, it, it is unreal to me how how much earlier than the expiration of your term you can get out of just to perpetuate the cycle. And car manufacturers are doing this. Like, for example, at Nissan, um, for the last little while, they have up to 18 months. So if you had up to 18 months left on your lease, we were able to pull you out and sometimes even reduce your payments with another vehicle from, from Nissan Canada, in this case, Oakville Nissan. So this may not be a bad weekend for you to come out and say, you know, maybe that old clunker is not good enough anymore and uh, it's time for us to replace it, especially when we are at a time that will be remembered by all of us as the years of the no interest. This has never happened before, folks, and uh, it's a pretty long stretch. The interest rate, the lending rates are so low that you can get a lot more vehicle for your money than you ever had. And, you know, for those of you that were driving cars back in the 90s or the 80s and you were paying 13% interest rate on your on your loans, you understand this. You know, it is, it is unheard of. Um, I mean, it's, sorry, it's not uncommon to hear customers when we tell them, you know, your interest rate is 1.9, and they look at us and say, why so high? It's like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean it's so <laughs> well, high? It's tra- traditionally, nothing. Though, like, it would have been way higher, right? Like, now, even when you're getting that low, it's outstanding. It's outstanding value for the consumer. And like you said, like, if you want have an older car that you want to get out of, now's the time. Head down to Oakville Nissan, see what they can do for you, because the staff is super helpful. We've talked about it ad nauseum, the no-commission salespeople. They have your best interests in mind. So head down there and, and see Greg. He can help you. Well, I, I, I can certainly try. Um, now, after the show, I have to get changed, so I'm going to be at the office by maybe 12, 12 or so, and... Uh, uh, we, we can help you out. But I mean, going back to what I was saying before, folks, there is no sense in you paying cash for a vehicle. And on the other side of the hour, I want to challenge anyone that can change my mind. Paying cash for a car is a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. I dare you to change my mind. 
you know, I, I want one of my listeners to call me and, and, and challenge that argument. And I, I don't want to hear about your feelings because I don't care. I want you to lay out an argument that, that makes sense. And, you know, I'm, I'm open to have my mind changed. And uh, I have this discussion with, you know, Money Mike all the time. And uh, even Money Mike, to a certain degree, uh, agree with what I'm, what I'm saying to you right now. And uh, I want to discuss this as to why, to this day, we insist in buying cars cash when it's quite possibly one of the absolute worst way that you can acquire a vehicle. So on the other side of the hour, I'll tell you the three biggest mistakes that I have seen in almost a 30-year career that people make when they're buying a vehicle, other than the fact that they think they know better because you know the car industry is one of those only industries in which the <laughs> customer that does this once every six years, they know better than professionals that do it every day, thousands of times a year. But anyways, we're going to take a small break, folks, and uh, don't forget that this weekend we are open. We have a flash sale at Oakville Nissan Oakville Infinity. Today we're open until 6 and tomorrow we are open by appointment only. We cannot tell you the craziness of the deals that we're putting forward because we will get in trouble and I don't want to do that. But if you know what I'm talking about, if you want to know about what we're doing, you need to read between the lines and you need to make it down to Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We'll be right back after the break. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show here, Canada's largest automotive radio show with my friend Ken Stapen that hopefully we can uh, connect with at some point this morning. I know there's some <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> yeah, now full disclosure to the listeners here. Uh, this is my first show doing it from home. We had to make some impromptu changes last minute due to, to some extenuating circumstances. So um, I've been doing the home this morning as w or the show from home, similar to what Greg's been doing. Only thing is, is uh, we kind of had to throw a setup together here a little bit last minute, giving uh, the short term notice of the situation. So we're doing our best to make it through here and uh we got one hour down and hopefully we can improve heading into hour two and three here <laughs> well we're certainly going to try so now you're going through <laughs> the things that i go through every single week here ken and honestly it's like um i understand that anxiety is contagious um you know i i've learned that over the last couple of weeks and uh you know, sometimes uh, when you get exposed to it and if you if you don't have the tools to regulate and mitigate the anxiety that somebody else has, it literally just infects you and then you become the same and it's a vicious cycle and I can see the anxiety through my Zoom call here that you're, <laughs> that you're going through on the other side. Well, it's not well, fun, one, man. It's not fun. The funny, the funny thing about this, Greg, is that like I do have like a really high quality microphone and all that sort of stuff because I do a lot of podcasting. I do a lot of broadcasting from my house. Unfortunately, though, the way that we connect to the board is using like a we use like a iPads or like older iPhones. So I was like scrambling around trying to find a high quality microphone this morning that would plug into an auxiliary jack. And yes, yeah, so it, uh, it has been a little bit stressful, but it's all good. I'm going to zen out here, embrace my inner Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha, and uh, we're going to ride this thing out. <laughs> you know, I uh, I was sharing with uh, with Ken and Ben this morning that some of the the troubles that happen when you're broadcasting from your house, for some reason, my entire uh, smoke detector alarm system decided to um, just <laughs> malfunction. Uh, five minutes before the show so there was this beep that was ringing through around the house and uh, 
I had a few minutes to go on air and, uh, you know, just deactivating all my smoke alarms, trying to find where the beep was coming from because it was, it was going to come right through the system. But, you know, thankfully we, uh, we were able to solve that situation only to find a few more on the other side. This past few weeks have been, <laughs> have been so weird, Ken. You know, have you, have you noticed that, you know, there's, there's some strange energy going on out there in the world these days? Yeah, certainly there is. And obviously, uh, we don't want to get too deep into it, but I feel like uh, we're a year in now and everybody's uh, getting a little bit restless, let's say. And I think that's why it's so important. We were talking about the nice weather coming around here in the GTA. And I think that that's going to be really important. People could get outside, get a little bit of fresh air, get back to exercising. I know I've probably uh, put on a couple, a couple extra pounds over the last little while here and uh hopefully we could get out and start to shed a little bit of this because um it's been uh it's been a long stretch and i'm hoping to get back to uh the beach bod at some point here <laughs> beach bod you know i uh, i've been i've been pushing the weights and uh, and jujitsu and working out quite aggressively over the last few weeks and I've, you know for the first time in i don't know a year and a half i'm under 190 you know, I normally walk around between 195 to 200, and uh, this morning I, I weighed in at 189. Yes. Yes. You know, I figured I'm turning 50 this year, so I made a personal commitment that uh, I was going to, when I turn 50, I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to have a six-pack, uh, which is something that I have been lucky enough to, <laughs> to, to carry for a very long time because I'm, I'm way too insecure and vain for me to let my uh, waistline go. So <laughs> it's something that I keep in check often. But it's got nothing to do with health. It's got all to do with insecurity. So <laughs> uh, but um, I, am, I am totally looking forward for you know, jiu-jitsu schools to, um, you know, to, to go back to normal. And uh, I know that um, you know, my old school, Marcia Nunes in, in, in Burlington, is still is open now. And uh, new students are coming down and uh, rejoining the, the ranks. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I hope that all gyms and uh, martial arts schools around southern Ontario, they all open up and uh, people can start regaining some control of their mental sanity via physical activity, which is something that is often overlooked. But, uh, no, this past few weeks, man, my, my cheese has been moved and uh, I haven't been feeling particularly good. And I think that, uh, you know, Ben... Ben kept me in check a little while ago. He uh, he offered to give me some baby Tylenol because he felt that I was a little bit too upset in the first hour. Um, <laughs> that's great. Thanks, Ben. I'll get the baby aspirin <laughs> ready for you. Don't worry. Well, look, I don't um, um, I don't do subtle very well, and uh, I I've always made made it a pretty big point to not hide my emotions if I'm not feeling good. You know. I'm just not feeling good, and that's the end of that. But uh, it is incredible how amazing it has been to have a mental coach. You know, I, I decided to call him a mental coach, Ken, because there is some stigma about seeing a therapist. I don't even know why that is. I, I think that at some point we are going to get to a level in our society in which going to see your therapist is going to be as needed as going to see your dentist or seeing your family doctor. I think that... Um, there is a there is a huge need for us to have a mental checkup uh, that is initiated by us as opposed to an intervention. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> well, it's funny, isn't it? It seems like most of the time when people do go to start seeing a professional or talking to a professional, it almost isn't intervention. 
or it's at a point where things are so far gone or gotten so far out of hands that you just feel like you don't have a grip anymore. And like I've talked to people in the past, it's been really helpful for me for my mental health. And I think just understanding that we have to take care of our mental health in the same way that we take care of our physical health. Like people will go to a gym every day, five days a week, whatever, exercise for an hour and a half, two hours, and then they'll come home and nobody will take care of their mental health. Like what you have to do something to to keep that in check as well. In fact, it's, I would argue it's more important than your physical health because it's your greatest tool. It's like your mind is first, your body second. So you have to take care of those two things. And certainly, uh, I mean, seeking professional, it's like seeking professionals. It's like you just go and take your car into the shop for a tune-up like we were talking about. You trust your mechanic to do what's needed to keep your car on the road. Well, seeing a therapist or seeing a mental coach, as you say, is doing that exact same thing, but for your mental well-being and for your mind. And it's ultimately up to individuals to take responsibility for that. You know, uh, I, I agree with you 100%. And uh, unlike a lot of people, I, I've always mentioned here on the show that one of the only real talents that I was given is self-awareness. I mean, I'm, I'm the least talented person that I know, and I mean that wholeheartedly. So nothing has ever come easy for me, I, you know, whether it's playing guitar or pain or, you know, any, anything really. But uh, I was always aware that I didn't know something. And uh, one of the things that I've always known is that I, I, I got problems. <laughs> I got problems. So uh, since I was very young, I, I started a quest to find, you know, someone that I could talk to on a regular basis and uh, and hopefully you know keep me straight you know sometimes you know when when you grow up without points of reference uh, you know it's like a tree you know if you let it grow crooked it'll stay that way and i never really had that big you know the that what do you call that when you uh, when you plant something you put a little stick and, and you tie it around just to uh, is it a is it a guide what, there's a name for that i don't know what it's called but anyways <clears throat> i never had really that that point of reference to help me grow straight and um, I, I, I think that over the years I have seen probably, uh, you know, five to eight people. And um, this last person that I found was—it's uh, been a, a lifesaver, really. Is and uh, I, I think that it was serendipitous, simply because uh, I found this uh, this gentleman in uh, right before the pandemic uh, broke Good out, timing. or around the time that it was breaking out. So it was the perfect time to have a mental coach that will keep your uh, your reasoning, your your emotions in check, and uh, it's it's been interesting, especially during tough times. Because last year, last year was tough. I I couldn't, you know, other than the year that I found out that I was going to be a dad and I wasn't married. Ah, that was crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> other than the year that. Uh, <laughs> that I left Chile when I was 17 and uh, I was jumping into the unknown. Uh, I think the last year was probably the absolute, unequivocal, without a doubt, the toughest year of my life. And to have somebody beside you that, that you can go and talk to once a week or twice a week, I, you know, I, I don't mess around when it comes to these things. Um, you know, I, I see my, my, my mental coach, or fine, let's call it therapist. I'm not a, a embarrassed of saying this. Um, I see my therapist twice a week, uh, and I've invested a tremendous amount of time trying to understand. That's all I wanted to do, just understand, 
and uh, and at least you, you you may not know the answers yet but at least you know what the questions were to begin with and a lot of people don't even know what you know what's happening did you agree with that yeah certainly i would agree with that and i think you've touched on an important point here as well is that you have to have good chemistry with this person you could go see you know five six seven different people and if you guys don't click like that's been a big issue in the past that i've seen is people will go see one person and say oh i didn't like them and then that's it and then they just write off the whole thing and say i'm not going to go see anybody else just because of their experience with this one person who perhaps they just didn't have the chemistry but if you could find somebody who you feel like understands you and you can actually have good conversation with and connect with on that next level that's going to be so much more beneficial for you in the long term and ultimately it's worth searching around for I yeah that's that's absolutely right and I, I think that one of the biggest uh, things that I have learned this year is that you see whenever you inject yourself into the business world and by the way if you have something to say about this call us 416-870-1050 uh, 416-870-1050 is the number and if you're calling from Ottawa, town it's 1-855-591-6876 the uh, one of one of the things that I've learned this year more than anything is that when you inject yourself into the corporate world and you sublimate your way into <laughs> some sort of success in any field um, you you become goal oriented. You become results oriented. You you want to see something happening now, because that's our world. And especially in the car industry, you know, day by day, how many cars did we sell today? How many appointments did we have in the service department? How many wholesale orders do we have at the dealership? Then you go on a weekly basis. How many cars did we sell on Saturday? And so on and so on and so on. So you you are so desperate to see results immediately that. Trust in the process, trust in the, 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 the therapeutic process of having an actual uh, a therapist uh, is, is something that requires a tremendous amount of patience because, you know, working your way or, or talking your way through a trauma, talking your way through a feeling, talking your way through a, you know, a, I guess a, a mental conflict is something that doesn't get resolved overnight. And uh, I think that patience is the is one of the number one things that I've learned this year. In which you need to, at some point, just sit back and say, "Okay, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let an expert look after me. I'm gonna let an expert, um, you know, just guide me through this process and and hopefully help me find the light." Uh, but anyways, there is a caller here that we have. Uh, who do we have on the line there, Ken? Yeah, we have Kevin from Toronto on the line. Kevin, you're on the Greg Carrasco Show. Hey, guys. Good morning. Hey, Kev, what's happening? Great, great. Good I morning. have a, a frivolous topic for you, if, if you have time for that today. Um, sure. Okay. Um, it was about a year ago, uh, beginning of the pandemic, somebody did the cannonball run. What is that? Uh, New York to L.A., as quick as you can. They did movies about it in the in the nineties and the eighties. Oh, is that the same thing? Yeah, yeah. But it was uh, they did it in an Audi A8. You can check it or Google it. I think they did it in twenty six hours. Whoa! From New York to L.A. Yes, sir. So I'm thinking. How is that even possible? Well, I think they did it with multiple drivers. Uh huh. So I'm thinking, you know, think about that. If you had to do that kind of trip, you'd need a, a powerful car 
that could run all day at a high rate of speed. You'd need a safe uh -huh. car, and you'd need a, a comfortable car, and you'd want something that was uh, efficient so you wouldn't have to be stopping for gas every couple hours. Yeah, but I mean, a powerful car, I don't know if that's the car that I would that I would pick. I would pick a reliable car because a powerful car, you, there's only 100 kilometers an hour that you can crank. I mean, at some point, you're going to get pulled over if you're doing you do oh, yeah. 130, it's all, it's 140. All, uh, unethical and, and not, uh, we don't endorse that kind of activity, but <laughs> but some, somebody did it, and uh, I hadn't heard about it in decades, but I, I thought it was interesting. It is. It certainly is. Do you know how many kilometers is from New York to LA? Oh, uh, I think it's like 3,000 miles. Yeah, they would. 3,000 miles in... I don't know. I don't. I don't know if the math checks out. 26 hours is a crazy, crazy speed. Yeah, yeah. So it's well over the speed limit. Well, let me ask you something. If you had to pick a car to do that trip, what car do you think it would be the the best car that you could actually uh, drive? It yeah. certainly wouldn't be an electric car, but uh, which oh, car yeah, would you yeah. pick? Imagine. <laughs> no, I, I came to the same conclusion that they did. That you know, for. For safety, for comfort, efficiency, and uh, yeah, you could do it in a, a Porsche or a, a GTR, but it wouldn't be very comfortable, and there wouldn't be room for, uh, like, four drivers would be great. Yeah, but you see, you know, here's the thing. You cannot pick a Porsche or a GTR because you need to be comfortable, number one. Exactly. Number two, the fuel economy, uh, the, the the more pit stops you have, the the, the longer your trip is going to be. Yeah, you're so, stopping for gas. You know, if you're driving a GTR at full speed and accelerating to the level that you can with the GTR, you're going to be stopping every 400 kilometers, if that. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I that's an interesting was, question. You yeah. know, Ken, what do you think that I would pick if I had to go across the country uh, from New York to LA as fast as possible uh, in in a car that I can have multiple drivers in? A gold Corolla. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would that would that would be that would be the ultimate the ultimate uh, dangerous <laughs> proposition right there. Just well, a gold Corolla no, gold hurling Corolla's down I-81. So I wouldn't check the safety box, no. <laughs> no, certainly not. No, I don't well, know it's a, you, well I, I looked it up, and basically you would have to be going 100 miles an hour the whole time, and that's if you weren't doing any brakes. Exactly. And you could make it in 28 hours. So if you were including pit stops and stuff like that, you figure you'd have to average about 110, 120 miles an hour yeah, I figured this for the whole trip. Exactly. Throw a couple bucks to the local police forces. Yeah, yeah, more than a couple bucks probably. If you got pulled over going 80 yeah, miles an hour I, plus in some states, they possible, arrest you. The, the math doesn't work to, you know, sustain, to, you know, steady keep the car 100, and, you know, 100 miles an hour. That's 160 kilometers an hour. That ain't going to happen because you still need to go through, uh, you know, toll areas. You need to go through cities. You need to go through so many different areas. And also then you have the acceleration time. You know, you know if, if, if we remove the unbelievable because I don't know if it's 26 hours is even possible. Uh, unless you are able to uh, to get away with driving 200, 200 and some odd kilometers an hour during certain stretches of that drive, and, and again, it still wouldn't be sustainable. If I had to pick a car to go from here uh, to LA as fast as possible in the most efficient way, I think that I think there would be only two cars, and they, they might surprise you. Uh, it would either be the Honda Accord or the Nissan Altima. 
Oh, yeah. And I tell you the reason why I would pick one of those two cars. Number one, they're probably the two uh, most reliable cars that you have within the midsize family sedan. They have the, um, the testicular fortitude to get up to those speeds because you can, you can drive an Altima and an, an Accord to up to 150, 160 kilometers an hour. But also, they have two of the most fuel-efficient vehicles um, in, the, um, in, in the market right now. I think that with an Altima, uh, we have one in our family. I think that with the Altima, you can get up to 850 kilometers out of a full tank. So if you reduce the number of pit stops, I think that probably the Altima or the Accord are the only two vehicles that I would pick to do that as fast as possible. Uh, are you surprised with my choices, Ken? Yeah, well, I am surprised. I thought you would have gone so with something with a little bit more top-end speed, but it does make sense. Ultimately, if you're stopping for gas you know, every 300 miles or whatever, it's not going to happen for you. So you need something with a bigger fuel tank that's not going to go through as much. So, yeah, it makes sense, but still, I feel like 26, 28 hours, whatever it is that we're saying it is, that's extremely difficult to accomplish. The article that I just looked at, the uh anonymous driver, that was a big talking point in this article, had a disguised white Audi R8 with multiple large fuel tanks in the trunk. Oh. And he was going, (laughs) and he was going in Canadian terms, uh, about 193 kilometers an hour through several states. Did it in slightly under 26 hours. Like I said, it's a a frivolous topic and something we don't want to endorse, but I thought it was interesting. (laughs) Kevin, thank you so much for uh, for sharing that with (laughs) with Always tune in. Have a good day. Thank Take you, care. thank you, brother. I, that's insane, man. And and Audi R8 has got a it's got a big hulking motor in it as well. So, and when you're driving at that rate of speed, you can literally see the the gas gauge just going backwards. Uh, you know, there has only been two vehicles in my life that I have actually driven, and you can almost see the needle moving depending on the speed that you're going. And one is a G63 AMG. G wagon, <laughs> you drive it on the 407. You can literally <laughs> see this thing, the needle moving. I'm not joking. Uh, if if you get if you commute on the 407 and you're driving a G wagon, uh, you are getting maybe 300, 350 kilometers out of the tank, and the tank will cost you about 130 dollars to fill. Uh, you most certainly have to pay to play with that one. The other one was a Range Rover Supercharged Sport. And that thing is thirsty it's so unbelievably thirsty but uh, going back to the fuel efficiency i think that you know it's, it's certainly underrated because uh, the mid-sized family sedan is a uh, is uh, is not um, a segment of the car sales today that is growing by any uh, stretch of the imagination. In fact, the mid mid-sized family sedan is almost disappearing, uh, which is a very interesting situation that's happening right now. Simply because uh, at one point, when I started selling cars back in the 90s, that's all we sold. I mean, the Nissan Altima, the Nissan Maxima, the uh, Toyota Camry, the Avalon, the Accord, um, the um, 
master millennia, the you know, six to six, the nine to nine, the, you know, the chronos. And I don't know if all these cars ring any bells to you, Ken, but uh, we used to sell so many of those cars with Acura. You had the Acura Vigor, you have the Acura Legend, you have the 3.2 TL back in the day. And uh, that was a big segment of, of, of the marketplace. I mean, if you had your, your flagship uh, on point, you were doing okay. Today, mm-mm. most flagships right now are on the midsize um, luxury or midsize SUVs for just about any car manufacturer. I mean, look look at um, uh, Hyundai, you have the Santa Fe, you look at Honda, you look at the CRV, Toyota is the RAV4, with Nissan is the Nissan Rogue. So it's, it's incredible how much the market has changed over the last over the past uh, 20 years. Um, but uh, the Altima, uh, going back to what we were talking about, this crazy cannonball drive, is one of the most underrated vehicles in the marketplace. Not only you get all-wheel drive, which is new for the Altima. Uh, this was in the latest redesign. And uh, it, it is also one of the most fuel-efficient vehicles in the marketplace. So if if something that uh, something comfortable, oh, and oh, I, I almost forget because I always forget about this thing. The Altima was the first vehicle that came out with something that the Nissan calls the zero gravity seat. So what it does, it removes all the pressure points that you have when you're driving a vehicle. So when you sit on that, um, you do not feel any discomfort because the seat is, has been engineered uh, by you not feeling anything anywhere on the, uh, on the sitting surfaces. This, um, this was something that uh, was designed by NASA and the, uh, and the space shuttle. But, uh, you know, I'm nerding out right now, so these are very little known facts. <laughs> Have you ever heard of no. the zero gravity seats? Zero gravity seats? No, I haven't heard of it, but it seems like something that could be beneficial if you were doing that sort of uh, length of drive. Well, I, I think that having no pressure points on your seat when you're putting, what, 3,000 miles on, uh, on a car is, is certainly something that, that would help. But, you know, I, at, at the end of last hour, I was going to uh, talk to uh, the listeners this morning. And by the way, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to uh, Canada's largest automotive radio show that is mostly not about uh, automotive. We, we talk about whatever you want. And if you have something that you want to share with us this morning, uh, 416-870-1050 is the number. And a little bit later on in the show, we're going to have my friend uh, Faisal, the, um, the Mikasa agent. Uh, he's going to come and talk to us about uh, uh, what to do with bidding wars. Have you, you, you've heard of bidding wars on, uh, when you're buying a house, no, Ken? Yeah, I have. And certainly that's been a big topic of conversation in the marketplace is that there's a lack of housing in the GTA. And oftentimes people will come in you know, prepared to pay the asking price, but then it ends up being, you know, twenty, thirty, twenty thousand, $30,000, $50,000 more because there's six or seven buyers in the market. Uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty big deal these days, and a lot of listing agents are, are pricing the, the homes below market price just to stimulate a, a crazy bidding war, and a lot of people don't know how to handle that. So I, I've asked my, uh, my buddy Faisal to come in and try to guide us through that process because he knows more about it than I do, and I think that there are many people right now that are in the process of buying a house or selling a house that may need some guidance uh, as to how to, to deal with this, and, uh, uh, and, and Faisal is someone that I trust. 
trust, and uh, I promised all my listeners that I was never going to have somebody on the show that I hadn't done business with personally, and uh, that's I'm sticking with that promise. Um, we uh, we have Lou on the line. Uh, is he ready for uh, Lou to talk? Is he ready to talk to us, uh, Ben? I'm standing go. by. Uh, Lou, good morning. Yeah, yeah, Greg, great to be with you. I hear you've had some technical problems. Uh, that's what Ben was telling me, and I oh. said, you know, don't let Greg push any of the buttons. <laughs> I, I have the ability to push people's buttons, man. And uh, if, you, if you don't believe me, Lou, I have a crazy mess on my hands because uh, we uh, we decided this uh, this week that we were going to send an internal communication to our customers uh, of Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And yeah. uh, naturally, you have dealers that you know <coughs> spy shop us to see what we're doing, and uh, they're complaining about what we're doing. And uh, it's it's nothing that I haven't experienced before. But how are you, Lou? I'm doing good, Greg. And you know, when you tell me these kinds of uh, conflicts and so on, you really need to hire a digital assistant to deal with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like a, a robot to say, "Leave Greg alone." <laughs> leave Greg alone. <laughs> leave Greg alone. No, right. I mean, it's not easy. Unfortunately, they uh, they just compl they complain to uh, Big Daddy, and uh, I know that oh. didn't sound right. They complain to my dad, and uh, you know, yeah. and my dad always just uh, you know I, I get in trouble. But uh, you know, I wanted to uh, congratulate you and uh, actually your daughter. Um, yeah, because she uh, she had an incredible performance. A lot of people don't know that uh, your daughter represents Canada on figure skating. Can you tell me a little bit about that, Lou? Right. So this week she was in Stockholm on the Canadian team uh, competing at the World Figure Skating Championships, Greg. And uh, she had a great uh, short program. There's two programs, a short and a long. The, uh, her results is that she got to the long program, but she didn't really get the performance that she wanted. She ended up in the top 15 of figure skaters in the world and I said listen you you're you know in very elite company and there's another season coming on so you know get at it right so I'm very happy right. for Madeline she really uh outperformed the expectations nobody expected that kind of outcome from her and now it's uh grinding out a season to see who's going to Beijing in 2022 that is amazing, and please, uh, you know, on behalf of you know myself and and the listeners of the show here, you know, send Madeline a, an incredible, just big hug and congratulations. You know, I if will, you can be Greg. 15 in the world at anything, <laughs> you have done yeah, many, many, many things right <laughs> with right. the right encouragement, and that is is certainly something to be proud of. Absolutely, for her, uh, I'm very happy for her. She worked hard. She didn't steal it. And nobody gave it to her. She earned it, which is, you know, something you got to appreciate in North America, right? You have the opportunity, and you speak to it, and I speak to it, right? I came to this country with 800 bucks in my pocket, Greg. You came with even less, and with effort and focus and uh, constant improvement, anything is possible. And you've proven it, I've proven it, and certainly Madeline is doing it in her domain at this young age of 18. You know, con congratulations, but uh, you know, I, I trust that you've been listening to the show this morning. Do you Absolutely. have any thoughts on what we're talking about today? Well, let me tell you what I, my thoughts. You were talking about leasing, uh, not leasing, sorry, uh, extended warranties. 
and yep. why you know you believe that uh, the purchaser of a vehicle or the uh, acquirer of the asset needs to consider the risk management. And you were amazed at the reluctance that some people have to actually sign on the dotted line. And I think it's because of how we have traditionally had to deal with contracts. Now, I know you and me both understand that the big print giveth and the small print taketh away. And I think some of the reluctance... Greg, is that they just don't know enough about what's going to happen when this, that, or the other outcome is. And trust and comfort are what lead you to say, you know what, I trust this individual who's leading me through this multi-page agreement. Well, I, I, I do think that a lot of the stigma that comes around extending the warranties um, date back to the days when car manufacturers were not the, um, the underwriters. Car manufacturers right. were not the extended Third warranty party, providers. Yeah. So, the, so there was a lot of third-party, obscure kind of shell game that uh, was, was used to ultimately try to find ways not to pay the consumer. But I can tell you that has changed. I, I mean, it was Jeremy Clarkson from um, Top Gear that said once that just about every single stereotype and notion or ideas that you have about the car business was set in stone about 30 years ago, but it's no longer valid. Because a lot of the things that people believe today were, is stuff that it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't apply today. And uh, the car business is quite possibly one of the safest places. If, if you go to an actual brand new dealership, a franchise dealership, it's one of the safest places that you can go and conduct, <coughs> conduct business with. Number one, we don't want the liability. Number two, social media will keep everybody honest. And number three, we, a lot of the dealerships that have invested millions of dollars within the community, they're going to do whatever they can or, uh, to, to keep that customer happy and retained. So when you look at it uh, from an objective standpoint, an extended warranty today now, and I have to be, I have to be perfectly honest with this, there are extended warranty companies that are better than others and that I, I cannot just like everything else I mean there is a selection of things but you know first and foremost you should consider the manufacturer warranty if you are buying a BMW get a BMW warranty if you buy a Nissan get a Nissan warranty it's the same thing with a, with a Hyundai or a Kia or, or any brand that you're looking at buying that's your first choice second then there are some companies that manage the extended warranties for big brands so for example there is a company called LGM LGM manages the, the warranty for Mercedes, for Kia, for VW, if I'm not mistaken, and for Hyundai. Uh, and uh, th- that company is probably one of the most trustworthy extended warranty companies in the marketplace. So in the absence of your ability of getting a manufacturer warranty, that would be the second one. And then there are some other ones that I will discuss at a later date because, you know, it's, uh, it's something that we can get into pretty big detail. But I do think that dealerships that do not endorse or support and encourage their consumers to get themselves uh, into a risk management plan that I love the way you worded it, you're not doing your customers a favor. And sometimes it's good to get into a little bit of friction with your customer to explain why this is so necessary. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you for bringing that up, Lou. Well, you know, it, it caught my attention and uh, because, you know, in, the, uh, in my practice back in the day when we were dealing with insurance of any kind, 
we had to explain that it's a risk management tool. And you got to look at it and say, how much risk are you willing to absorb uh, by not having this in place for you and your family? And, you know, it's a very sophisticated sale, as you mentioned, because people are focused on what's it going to cost me now as opposed to what's going to happen to me in the future. Right. So it's a, a sophisticated sale and you got to bring it to the consumer in a way that they can understand it and trust the individual that is brokering the deal. Those are some seriously and, and wise words that you're putting out there. Lou, thank you so much for calling the Carrasco Show. As usual, you are one of the weekly guests that we have on the show here, and I always appreciate your viewpoint and for bringing that up. Uh, we need to go for a small break, Lou. We'll talk next week. And uh, okay. folks, don't forget that the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And this weekend, we have a flash sale. Today, until 6, tomorrow, 11 to 4, by appointment only. We'll be right back after the break. And we're back. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. Canada's largest automotive radio show brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no commission salespeople. And uh, I encourage you that before you make that final car buying decision, you need to come and see me. Uh, for a long time, I told you to buy local. I changed my mind. I think the time has come for me to stop being this altruistic, uh, you know, kumbaya <laughs> show here, trying to send business to everybody else when everybody else is trying to take down what we're doing. You know, I, I'm listening to a book this week that was talking about a very interesting principle, Ken. Uh, and by the way, if you want to call the show, 416-870-1050, if you have a say on the matter, on anything that we're talking about today, if you have a beef, a complaint, uh, anything that you want to share with the audience, 416-870-1050, again, 416-870-1050, and 1-855-591-6876 if you're calling from out of town. You know, I was, um, there, there was a study, there was some, um, some biologists that were conducting a study on, uh, on wildebeest. And uh, one of the biggest problems that they had is that if they wanted to follow the life or the, the behavioral uh, uh, of the behavior of um, one specific subject of wildebeest, uh, they couldn't find it because uh, there was a lot of safety in numbers. And you see, we were talking about how anxiety is contagious. So, you know, anxiety keeps you alive. You know, you're always looking for problems like, what, what, what? So, and uh, they, they had a big problem trying to follow one specific, uh, you know, male of, of this wildebeest. So one of the biologists had this crazy, brilliant idea. Why don't we just go find one? Let's put a big X on it like a big red X, just so we know the one that we're looking at. Are you following this, Ken? Yeah, okay, makes sense. <laughs> so, you know, I they thought it was brilliant now, because now they were... <laughs> What's that? I said it's a little bit more primitive than the tracking message methods we use now, but I'm, I'm here for it. Just put a big red X so you know what you're <laughs> looking at. Well, it was, a, it was a visual study, but anyways, so they put a big red X on this, and uh, what, what started to happen was, uh, was something that they, they, they didn't understand at first, but then it became very clear. Uh, the, the subject with the red X kept on getting killed. So the, every time they, they, they marked one, they, they tried to find it, and you know, next thing you know, it had been eaten. They would find the carcass and the skin and so on and so on, which is very gruesome stuff, but there's a point to the story. Why'd they keep so, point, painting X's on it? <laughs> uh, just so they could, just so they could no, find I, it. But anyway, yeah, but so you, look what happened. So, <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Just, uh, I'm like, if it keeps ending up dead, it's like, stop painting the X on the poor thing. 
Yeah, but hold on. So they discover something else. You see, that's the beauty about studies. You know, you learn things, you, you understand different things. So what happened was that they discovered that uh, there was safety in, in numbers and in, in the, the, the safety of any particular wildebeest when it came to predators was the fact that the predators couldn't zero in in one and they became confused on the stampede. But now... They were given the lions and anyone that actually, you know, feeds off of wildebeest an actual target. So now the, the predators could focus and zero in on this specific unit or on this specific animal. So it always ends up dying. So they, they came up with this theory that in, in every single culture, in every animal, uh, in, in, in any anim, animal species, the one that sticks out is the one that always dies first. And you know, every culture has got, a, has got a version of the saying, you know, the nail that sticks out is the one that gets the hammer. You know, if you stick your neck out, it's the, one, the first one that gets cut. And you know, and this happens also when it comes to corporation and retail business. I seem to stick out. <laughs> I seem to stick out. And, and I, I made reference of this quite a few times this morning because I, I am, I am so vexed by the obtuse and low-resolution thinking of some of my competitors that I, I honestly, I'm not looking forward to going to work today because uh, we, uh, we're doing something that I've got to do. <laughs> play it, please. You need to play that a little longer. <laughs> I am not looking forward to going to the office. I am looking forward to, you know, to hanging out with my staff and hanging out with the customers that are so amazing and that... Uh, Last week, we had so many people that came from the radio show that was just fascinating. But um, uh, I think that, uh, you know, the more, the more I work in the car industry, the more I've, I love it and I want to change it, and the, more, the less I understand it because I still can't understand how people have so much time to look at what I'm doing and not focus on their own stuff. Now, before we end this hour, uh, I wanted to touch on, and I want to touch on this briefly, unfortunately, we got sidetracked talking about other things, about the three biggest mistakes that people make when they're buying a vehicle. And uh, when I tell you they're big mistakes, they are part of the Carrasco gospel of the three biggest mistakes that you shouldn't make when you're buying a vehicle. But before we do that, we're going to take a very, very short break because, uh, you know, we talked a little bit too long in the first segment of the hour, so we need to break again. Uh, folks, this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Don't buy a car anywhere. You need to come and see me this weekend because the deals that we're offering are insane. And if you want to call us, the number to call is 416-870-1050. And if you're calling from out of town, it's 1-855-591-6876. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome to the jungle. We got fun and games. We got everything you want. Honey, you know the name. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here in Canada's largest automotive radio show that is mostly not about cars uh, we, we try to keep it pretty open for everything really you want to talk about uh, and don't forget the show is brought to you by oakville nissan and oakville infinity home of the no commission salespeople. and uh one of my um, one of my good friends uh, is calling the show uh, i am super lucky to have him here right now is uh who do we have on the line nav nav are you there i am here greg how are you good morning and good morning <laughs> to all of your listeners Good morning, Nav. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, good, guys. Good guys. Good, 
Good. Uh, just before Greg jumps in here, we actually spoke on Thursday now for the Raptors trade deadline show. I was producing that show. I have to ask you, first and foremost, a lot of the fan base is feeling conflicted. Are you happy to see Kyle Lowry back in a Raptors uniform? I'm okay. I'm okay. It's okay. You know, he deserves that respect because he has been with us. He has been a part of the championship run. And it's good that he's here because, uh, you know, uh, I believe that... Uh, uh, it would have been good. What they were trying to do was get some valuable things for him, you know, for him, because he is, he could have made some uh, sort of an impact on the championship uh, seeking uh, uh, teams, you know. But, uh, and it would have been good to see he wanted to go to Philadelphia, where he is from, and it would have been good to see yeah. him play for Philadelphia, who are in a, in a very good position this year. And they are on the top of the chart on the, our conference, Eastern Conference. So, but it didn't happen, and we are still good. He will be able to help out uh, Trent, the guy we just took from Portland. And I believe that uh, it's okay. It's a it's a good situation for us. Uh, if he would have gone, I would have wished him the best. And uh, if he would have uh, stayed, we are okay with it. We are in a very different situation this year, playing all our season in Tampa. Yeah. And I tell you guys, I'm telling you guys that if it was a regular season with the same team, we would have been on the top three or four because our team lives off the feed of the fans. And the Toronto fans, everybody knows. Greg, you know, you have been me to the game with me. You know, we are the mm -hmm. best fans in any sports uh in sports industry so you know they're missing us a lot but i still believe that we are going to make a run for the playoff for the, the in the next one third of the season left over yeah well we'll see what happens well, now. i gotta now thank to the ken for stuff. completely hijacking the show and talking about sports <laughs> even though i always promise everybody i don't know anything about sports now so i'll leave that to you but why do i owe the uh, the pleasure of the, this phone call now um talk well, to i me. just wanted to i just i, I was reading toronto star and i just saw your picture and that you're open today and tomorrow so you're open on mm -hmm. sunday there was a time when you didn't want to open on sunday when i used to open on sunday uh, when mississauga hyundai and rexel hyundai you said well six days is enough to sell the cars and here my boy my buddy greg is opening on sunday the, you know i i'm so happy that you say that uh, now and i can tell you why uh, because I like to think of myself as an evidence-based thinker and uh, you know I am not set on any one of my ideas if somebody presents me with a better argument I will change my mind and uh, you were most definitely an innovator because I still remember this was a long time ago now but uh, I still remember when I was running 401 Dixon East and it was just you and I on the radio going at it and uh, you started to open on Sundays but you were one of the first ones and do you remember the amount of heat that you got because of it because everybody was complaining about you at the time how did you deal with that well including you including you you used including to myself <laughs> of course hey, of course you know and, uh, you know, and, hey, and again i have changed my mind since i'm very glad to see that i'm very glad i wish you would have told me that you're opening this sunday then i would have also opened and uh, we would have done some joint thing like we did uh, in the past you know but anyway Greg, people have to say what they have to say. You got to do what you got to do for your company, for your salespeople and everybody. And the times are very different right now with the pandemic. And, you know, I mean, things are not the same as before. And uh, 
if on Sunday you can open and do few deals and take care of the customers nicely, which you will, I'm I'm happy that uh, I'm happy that you are doing it and you have evoluted yourself into this new situation. And yes, people, there are people who Monday through Saturday cannot go and uh, and buy a car. They don't have the time. They are working overtime. You know, especially the blue collar workers. So I'm glad that you are doing mm-hmm. that. And congratulations to you. Well, we're doing that. And what I, what hope, I can tell you now is, hope, and, you know, it, it was very sorry, sorry to interrupt you now because uh, I, I can tell you that I'm, I'm going through something pretty interesting right now that's happening in, in, you know, with my manufacturer that I'm working with right now. There is a, there is a lot of people that are just completely spending all of their time watching what I'm doing just to see if they have something to complain about. And I know that you were a disruptor way before I did it. And, uh, you know, you, you have been going at this for, you know, since 1986, if I'm not mistaken, in the last conversation that you and I had. 1984, 86, I became the manager. And, uh, you know, I first opened the place on Sundays about over two decades ago. And Greg, let yeah, me bring you, I, you something. Know, it's, it's been a long time, but how did you deal with all the, how Greg, did you deal with all the you, naysayers? Greg, I don't know if you were in the business at the time or not, but 30 years ago, it, they were only op- allowed to open Monday through Friday, and Saturday and Sunday were holiday. And I was the first one to open the place on Saturday. And I tell you that Hyundai used to get a lot of calls. Rick Blackmore was the manager at the time. He was a zone manager at the time. And he used to get dozen calls every Monday morning that Nav has opened the place on Saturday. And then few years later, this in 90s, they opened, they allowed to open in, uh, open on uh, Saturdays. And now then they allowed to open on Sunday. So it's okay, you know, I mean, everybody, if you want to work hard, I mean, it's a free country. If you want to work hard and uh, you want to open on Sunday, it's your choice. If your boys want to work, your employees want to work, and you want to uh, give it to the consumers, you want to help the consumer by giving them more chance to come on a Sunday, especially during the pandemic, kudos to you. Don't worry what the people say about it. Just do what you are needed to do. These days to survive in the business, last year has been a very tough year to survive in the business for a lot of people. So I just want to congratulate you for doing that because I think I'm going to do next month again. My I'm going to do next month myself once the weather is all good and everything. And I'm waiting <clears throat> for the pandemic to die a little bit with these vaccines. And then I'm going to also do that maybe once every month. And because there are customers who cannot get out Monday through Saturday, especially with our Hyundai base, you know, I sell Hyundai. And, uh, you know, there are some customers which are... Uh, which are uh, looking, which are only available on Sunday because I do my service. I'm the only one in the country who opens the Hyundai service on a Sunday. And I tell you, we I have know, a lot I of know. people who are looking forward to service their car on Sunday. Well, listen, I, uh, you, you know, pioneers are always the ones that get, uh, you know, that suffer first. And uh, you were certainly a pioneer in many of the things that are, you know, we're just seeing right now. And uh, I can tell you that opening service on Sundays is something that, you know, may be coming down the pipeline. And, uh, you know, the one thing that I, I'm very happy is the fact that I have been able to evolve my game and my ability to run companies in a way that I can emulate guys like yourself and, uh, uh, you know, and, and clearly provide the consumer with a competitive advantage that you know some other places may not but man is you know other com- competitors make it very very hard sometimes uh, Don't, now. you know, uh, hey, you know greg, it's very difficult to keep the composure greg it's okay just keep a 
it's all right. They will say a few words and then they will die down. That's okay. It's a jealousy because they are not able to do it. But I, while we are talking about this, I just want to let you know that I'm going to be your neighbor very soon in the next year because I'm bringing Genesis Oakville to Oakville. That's a, those are big news, uh, now. very, very big news. I think that Genesis was the only brand that was not represented in Oakville. And uh, I, when I understood that it, was, that it was given to you, I was super happy for you. Uh, and uh, I, I wish you nothing more than success. And, you know, we well, should talk at some point next week to, to help well, you launch I, I that Genesis franchise in Oakville. I'm going to, Greg, you are the king in Oakville, and you're the king anyway. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> hoping that uh, you will help me out in Oakville because you understand the Oakville market very well. Yes, everybody knows Nabatia, the super fan for Hyundais, you know. Uh, we have the Streetsville Hyundai, we have the Rexdale Hyundai, we have the Mississauga Hyundai, and we have the Genesis Mississauga in Square One, which we are moving into a new building by the end of this year. But I just want to let you know, that I'm going to be your neighbor and maybe you can invite me finally for a cup of coffee. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a very low maintenance guy, <laughs> so you can invite me for a coffee next door there. <laughs> Last time I saw Nav, he came by the store, he brought his lunch in a little paper bag. But Nav, thank you so much for calling the show, man. Thank and you, don't buddy. be a stranger. You, you can call here anytime and you will always have this platform to communicate whatever it is that you want to communicate to the listenership here uh, on the Greg Carrasco Show. Nav, thank you so much for calling, man. Greg, thank you for having me on. And I just want to say you are not a Hyundai dealer now. So don't hesitate to help your buddy super fan uh, at, in, the, in selling some Hyundais also through Streetsville, Mississauga, and Rexdale Hyundai. Okay, buddy? And it was good to have you as a dealer. We had a fun together when you were a Hyundai dealer. We did a lot of good advertisements together. I miss that. I miss you. Greg, all the best. Thank you, Nav. That is uh, the super fan, Nav Bhatia, for everybody, for your, for your Hyundai needs. And I'm going to give you the prop right now for your Hyundai needs. Go see Nav. You know, he is a stand-up. He is a gentleman. So look after him. Nav, thank you so much for the phone call. And we need to break for the end of the hour. You know, this hour just snuck up on us. On the other side of the break, we're going to have, uh, you know, my buddy Faisal uh, to talk to us about what to do on a bidding war when you are looking at buying or selling a house, which is insanity right now, what's happening in the market. But don't forget, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And uh, uh, we'll be right back after the break. Slacker Nation congregates here every Saturday morning. If you just tuning in, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show here we hold no punches back we tell you the truth if you're looking at buying selling leasing trading a car this is the place that you need to call 416-870-1050 and 1-855-591-6876 if you're calling from out of town in the past i always told you to go and buy a car local now i say no don't i'm not happy today and uh, i i want to i want to send a message and this is a message a very nope. clear message you know, I am done. I am done, like 100% done with all these competitors of mine that keep on complaining from the shadows and not picking up the phone and calling me and saying, Greg, you know, can you help us out, understand what you're doing? And instead, they complain to my parent company and they get me in trouble simply because I'm trying to look after my customers. You got some spleen If this do. doesn't stop... If this doesn't stop, I'm going to start naming the dealers that are doing this on air. I have survived 
many, many brands. And I'm still here. And even if this gets shut down, I will still have social media. And all the dealerships that you should not go and buy vehicles from will be exposed on the show because they're a bunch of cowards. They, all they do is complain. You know, if they would focus on what they are doing to look after their customers, if what they're doing to keep their salespeople fed, I wouldn't be an issue. You can sell all the cars below cost if you want. I don't care. That's your responsibility. That's your business. You're accountable to the owners. You're accountable to your own bottom line. But I'm tired of this. You know, I left Nissan back in 2014 for the very same reason. And the same people that were complaining then are still here today. You know, somebody made me take the sign down that said no commission sales out of my store. That cost me thousands of dollars. And the dealer that complained is someone that is not even within my area. It is in another city. If this doesn't stop, I will use my megaphone to tell you folks who these people are because, you know, all I would try to do here in Oakville is just to give you a value proposition that would make us un, you know, it, it would be undeniable that you, it would be unreasonable for you not to consider us in the next car purchase. That's all we're trying to do. I walk such a straight line when it comes to selling cars, folks, that I often, I couldn't even deviate from a pile of dung that I, didn't, I always get stuck in for that very reason. But I think the time has come for me to speak up because these people keep on taking shots at me from the shadows and I am tired. Silence. <laughs> Yeah, I figured I'd let that one breathe for a little bit there. Well, it's, it was uh, no, it was I think quite that you know it's, it's important for these people to know. What's that? I said I figured I'd let that one breathe for a minute there because it was quite the anecdote. But I, I, Craig, I do agree with you that rather than be concerned about what other people are doing, why aren't you looking in the mirror and taking care of your own dealership? And making sure that you're taking care of your own employees and your own salespeople. And if you're doing that and taking care of the customers, you're going to be successful. But if you're constantly directing your attention outwardly rather than taking accountability inwardly, then you're going to have trouble. And you're always going to be concerned about what the other guy is doing rather than what you're doing. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's funny because I, I am not... Uh, I am not a religious person, and uh, you know, rather than focusing on, on, on the speck on your brother's eye, you need to look at the log that you have jammed into yours. And uh, I think that many people want to, uh, you know, it's a lot easier to blame their failures and inadequacies on somebody else's that in their, in, in the, the, is the lack of accountability that drives me crazy. But anyways. I'm going to get past this because, uh, you know, I have to deal with this weekend still. I still have to deal with the end of the month. And I have a responsibility to my customers and to my staff. And I can tell you this, we're having a good month. In fact, we've, we're having a good year and a half. You know, the fact that we can enjoy to have a 23, 24% market share in Oakville. You know, Nav said it. He called me the king of Oakville. I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to do that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's his nickname for me. So... <laughs> Ah, uh, anyways, we have my buddy Faisal on the line. Look at the, look at the message you got yourself into, Faisal. How are you? I'm good. How are you? 
<laughs> Odd, dude, man. These people got me cranked this morning. You know, I um, you you work with me in the past, and and you know that you know the straight line that I walk when I run a car dealership, and uh, you know, it's it's, it's so simple. Uh, you know, if people would focus more on what they're doing instead of what I'm doing, they would have a much more successful dealership than they have these days. Do you disagree uh, you know, the with old that? Saying, the old saying is, "You can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen." And these guys were complaining about you just reaching out to customers and being honest and transparent. There's a reason why they're complaining about that business. Your way of doing business. Well, look, I mean, uh, every every single day, every single month, you know, radio show listeners come down and they know exactly what we do at my stores. You know, my stores are probably some of the safest places that you can conduct business with because of the radio show. I mean, the the amount of exposure that I have here, I cannot take any chances. I can't. And for that basis, I don't. So I knew this from, you know, from a very early stage in my career. And one of the reasons why I did the show in the first place is because I wanted to put a spotlight on the car industry as a whole. That is not a bad place. You know, some of the most amazing people that I've ever met come from the car industry. And there was such a negative stigma that is out there for people that work in the car industry. And I, I set out to change that. Unfortunately, the infighting and, you know, listen, that's, this is what happens when you have free markets. I mean, people are going to complain. There's not a single thing you can do about it, but I am going to just focus this on you now, Faisal. How are you? I'm good, good, good. Excited to be back again. Well, you know, I understand that uh, you, uh, you are opening up um, a new website. And uh, is, it, is it up and running yet or, or is it uh, still not done? not ready yet but i do have my email going okay so folks if you if you're looking at buying a house or selling a house or you need some advice on uh, on your properties you can probably send uh, a face or an email and the email is info at mikasaagent.com info at mikasaagent.com or if you want to call him his phone number his phone number is 416-399-4227 and uh he is uh he's my real estate agent um you know i trust him with my transactions and uh, i've done business with him i've known Faisal for the last 15 years and i can tell you that i trust what he does but uh, you know one of the reasons why i wanted you to come on the show this week uh Faisal, because I keep hearing the same thing. The market is on fire. What's happening is crazy. And uh, everybody is going into into this bidding wars when it comes to buying or selling a house. Can you, I want you to educate my consumers. I know that most people will have a general understanding of what a bidding war is. But uh, I think that we need to dissect this a little deeper. So just to give people a, a you know, a, a people a better understanding of what what this means how to handle it how you know when does it take place and, so on, and what not so what is a bidding war bidding war basically is when a, the seller directs his agent to only accept offers at a specific day and time so they'll have you know two three twenty sometimes eighty or ninety offers coming in on one day between the certain hours right and they'll review all of them at that time and then they decide to work with whatever ones they want to work with. It's all blind. The buyers have no idea what everybody else is, is, is offering. And the agent, the selling agent, will go back to the buying agent and say, hey, you need to improve your offer. You need to, you know, step up, whatever. And the buying agents go back to their clients, their customers, and say, you know, we're not, we're not the top bid. We need to step up. What, what more do you want to do? How much more do you want to pay? That's what the bidding war is, 
or a multiple offer situation. So, you know, here is a question for you, and please forgive my ignorance because I, I don't know, I don't really know anything about this. I, over the last few, few years, I, I keep hearing that, uh, you know, maybe you should contact the selling agent directly and, uh, and, and then that way you save some money. How is that legal? Because, uh, you know, aren't you supposed to have the judiciary duty to represent the, the seller in the exchange? So Ontario does allow multiple representation where the listing agent can also represent a buyer. Uh, it is legal. Okay. Um, sometimes, um, well, it's, it, it, it's, you have to walk a very tight line on that one because now you have obviously when you're, when you're bringing up an offer from the buyer and you're also representing the seller, you know, and if there's, there's other offers as well from other buy, other agents, you already know the, uh, the top numbers and so on. So you're able to give your buyer inside information, so to speak. It's, it's one of those mm -hmm. things that we probably shouldn't allow in Ontario. So do you think it's a good idea for, you know, for customers to try to avoid finding a buying agent as opposed to just dealing directly with the selling agent? Well, the, when a customer is buying a property, they're not going to save any money significantly. Most of the savings, if there's anything, goes to the seller of the property because maybe they get a reduction on the on the commission that they're paying, right? But the, rarely mm -hmm. do I see that reduction being passed to the buyer. Interesting. And the reason why I ask this, and I know that we're talking about bidding wars when it comes to real estate, is because, you know, what interest or what uh, what desire would a, a selling agent have to give a buyer a lower price? Because the lower the price, the, the lower the commission they make. So, you know, I always felt that there was a you know a bit of a conflict of interest in there. But you know, let's let's circle this back to this bidding wars. Um, you know, we I, I've heard the term before, and I don't know exactly what it means. What is a pre end preemptive offer you know when there is a bidding war you you know you you have a specific day in which you will not take any offers before this is the day that you need to come up with your best foot forward what is a preemptive offer well let's say um the seller is instructed to be his agent to accept offers next friday and i go see the house this mm -hmm. weekend and i really love it and i don't want to wait till next friday and i don't want to get into a multiple offer situations. So I instruct my, my agent to submit an offer. The offer has got to be a really good number, one that makes the, the seller think, ah, I'm not going to get more. I'm going to take this now. This is, a, this is probably what the best I'm going to get. So what they, that's also called a, a bully offer. You're just trying to, you're trying to bypass the mm -hmm. whole offer date, the whole bidding war thing. You're just saying, hey, I want this place. I'm going to give you the top dollar. But this is, you know... You have, a limit, you have a limited time to decide, otherwise I walk away. And it works most of the time. So so this preemptive or bully offer, does it always have to be above asking? Yeah, unfortunately in our situation in Ontario, especially in southern Ontario, almost nothing sells at asking price anymore. Everything sells over above, well above asking price. And yeah, the bully offer, it has to be a number that, makes the seller go, hmm, this is it. I got, I got all the money I can get, right? You're not going to, you're not going to mm -hmm. win, win a house by offering just the asking price. So, you know, wouldn't that perpetuate and almost essentially guarantee that you will always be overpaying for the house? How do you know when you're overpaying? There is no way to know it because this is a very 
subjective thing. What's the value of a house? You know, two people have, two people can have very different feelings about a house and what they think the value is. It, cause it's so emotional a lot of the times, right? Um, mm-hmm. can you be overpaying? Possibly. But that's where your agent, your, your, the guy that's working with you, or the woman, uh, that's working with you has to provide you with very good advice. They have to show you what other houses are selling for in the area, you know, where the market's going, what are the potential problems for paying more than this number or less than that number. The agent you're working with is the one, is your, is your professional that represents you. That's why you shouldn't necessarily, that's why you should always use a buying agent because they represent you. They're looking out for your interests. You know, it's a it's, it's a very interesting concept because, um, you know, in in this case, you're having a buying agent is probably the only person that is going to be not emotionally attached to this transaction and is going to be able to add some objectivity to the whole process of buying a house. Now, when you when you get into this bully offer or a preemptive offer, or you are in a bidding war, um, when you hear the, the the sentence, you need a clean firm offer. What is a clean offer? A clean firm offer means no conditions. And so if the seller agrees to your number, it's done. It's a done deal. The buyer gives them the deposit and then just waits for the closing to happen. So what do I mean by no conditions? That means that you don't have a financing clause. So if you haven't been pre-approved or if you haven't got qualified for your mortgage, you don't have that as you can't get out of the deal because you couldn't get your mortgage approved. If you, if you, it also means that there's um, no house inspection. If the seller didn't buy or provide one, you can still do one, but you can't use whatever you find in the inspection as a reason to get out of the deal. So that's what it means by a clean mm-hmm. firm offer. But isn't you know doesn't that put you in the, in in a bit of a risk position because now you're taking all the liability? What if you can't get approved? What if the you know the home doesn't pass the inspection? I mean, how do you deal with that? Well, first of all, I would everybody who's looking to buy a property now should talk to their banker or the mortgage broker and get a pre-approval. They, that's an absolute. In the, even if they're going to put an offer with a mortgage clause, they should know what they're going to be approved for before they start shopping. Like, you know, when you go to the store to buy uh, clothing, you know, you, you can't go buy $2,000 worth of clothing if you've got $100 in your pocket, right? So you need to know how much mm-hmm. you can afford and what your payments are and so on. So you have, I strongly recommend getting pre-approved first. As far as the uh, the house inspection, it's not really a pass or fail. There's very little... Very few times I've seen there's a significant issue revealed in the house inspection, but it is a risk. This is, this is the risk you take when you get into a multiple offer situation and you don't put in those clauses. And your buying agent will talk to you about it and will, you know, give you guidance on that. Um, you know, I guess another question that I have for you is this, when it comes to, you know, you getting pre-approved, do you need to go through the entire approval process before you go and buy a house to avoid any potential uh, disaster when it comes to closing? Yes, I would. <clears throat> when you're dealing with your mortgage broker or your bank, and I've always recommend the mortgage broker, uh, they're gonna they're gonna gather all the Why, paperwork. Okay, hold on a you. second. Why, hold that thought for one second. Hold, hold on thought. Why do you always recommend the mortgage broker as opposed to the bank? Well, because mortgage brokers working for you, not for the bank. 
So they're going to offer you products from multiple lenders, right? If you go to your local big five bank, they're only offering the products that their bank sells, right? So Mm -hmm. you're going to go to the store, the Apple store, all you can buy is Apple. Well, if you go to Best Buy, you can buy Apple, you can buy Samsung, you can buy Huawei, you can buy whatever you want, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why a mortgage broker is better than working at the bank. Like a guy like Money Mike. (laughs) Probably the best thing to do is talk to Money Mike before you buy a house. Uh, yeah, I uh, believe it or not, I, I had no idea about this because uh, you know I never really had the need to do this. But uh, Money Mike also within his uh, you know wealth management team, they have uh, a mortgage uh, division, so they they handle mortgages uh, within the Money Mike uh, you know ecosystem in there. So you know it's something that we should probably discuss uh, you know afterwards. But uh, you know, so going back to this bidding war, how how can a regular person like myself, because I'm a pretty regular dude, uh, how can a regular person ensure that they win that war, the bidding war? You know, you see the house, this is the house of your dreams, you see yourself living in it, uh, you want this. How can you ensure that you win it? Because, uh, I mean, uh, if it's anything like an auction, whenever you go to buy a car, and, you know, you've been exposed to this, Faisal, in the past, uh, often the person that wins the car at the auction is the the person that was willing to pay the most. (laughs) So it's it's not a particularly good situation. Well, it's exactly the same thing when you're buying a house, right? If you want to... That's great. if If you fall in love with that house and you want it, you have to be prepared to pay all the money, um, and it's, but it's a, it's, a, it's a very difficult situation. That's why your your agent, the guy that you, the guy or gal that you're working with, will provide you with the guidance. They'll say to you, they'll tell you, look, okay, this is what the asking price is for this house. These are what other similar houses sold for in the area. This is where I think we should be at in order to get this. And then you may have to be prepared maybe for a, a small little bump because chances are the selling agent is going to come back for a little bump. Try and goose mm-hmm. you for a little bit more. So uh, ultimately, the only thing that you need to do to win a bidding war is just to be the highest paying person, period. But I mean, uh, what else could come into place other than money? Conditions? Well, obviously, yeah. If you've got conditions in there, I've seen situations where the seller has taken less money but a clean offer. So mm-hmm. the buyer A offered, you know, let's say 800000 bucks. And buyer B offered in her in 20, but buyer B had a finance clause and an inspection clause. And buyer, the seller said, no, no, you know, for $20,000, I don't want to take the risk that they made back out. I'll, I'll just take the one I know is firm. They, they're, for the seller, no, they just want to get, get the, the house sold, right? That's, that is correct. Folks, if you're just tuning in, uh, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here. We're Canada's largest automotive radio show, but we, uh, from time to time we have guests that are experts in their specific field. And, and right now we have my friend Faisal, that, uh, who is a real estate agent, and I, I've done business with him in the past, and I trust him, uh, period. So he's trying to explain to us a little bit more about bidding wars and, and how to put yourself in a favorable position. But uh, if you want to get more information on this, or if you're in the process of buying or selling a house, you can probably send him a, a, an email at info. Info at MikasaAgent.com, info at MikasaAgent.com, or you can call him directly at 416-399-4227. His name is Faisal, and uh, I've known Faisal for about 15 years or so. So, Faisal, is this ever going to end, man? Because 
it's, it's, it's insane what we are seeing. Um, the prices keep going up. Uh, houses keep selling for more than people are asking for. Uh, it seems like very soon it will be almost impossible for somebody to be able to afford anything in southern Ontario. Is Toronto the new Manhattan? <laughs> Is this ever going to end? It's certainly, it's certainly Toronto and, and Vancouver, for that matter, have been very hot markets. And, and it's not just Toronto anymore. It's the whole GT, GTA everywhere around. Um, there, where there are all the industry experts are expecting things to cool off into this year, early next year, and then become more normal. Uh, the biggest issue is just lack of inventory, and there's more buyers than there are houses available, and that's the problem, right? When you have that kind of a market, people want it, right? And so people want them to they'll pay more than than they would normally would. If well, only that would work. That's, I, I, I that's the way it works uh, in the car business, huh? If if you, yeah, it, it certainly is. I mean, if you if you owned a property in you know Toronto or Oakville or Mississauga for that matter, do you think that this is the right time to sell? Well, there's always, yeah. I mean, if if you, it depends on what you want to do. If you're moving, if you decided to to move up in size, or you decided to downsize or move out of the city, yeah, it's a good time to sell because it is a seller's market. You are going to get top dollar for your property, of course. When you buy, you're going to be paying top dollar as well, right? Because the vast majority mm-hmm. of sellers are still buyers, right? No, absolutely. And unless you're planning to seriously downsize or move outside of the uh, the particular area that you're living in, you're going to exchange dollars per dollars. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about over the last little while, then, you know, is something that relates directly almost to the car business, Faisal, is that, uh, you know, how to prepare yourself and your house for a sale, just like how would you prepare your used car when you're planning to trade it in? Uh, a lot of people don't really think about this, but whenever you come to the dealership and, and try to trade in your vehicle, if your vehicle is just a mess, uh, you are going to reduce the value of that car significantly by doing nothing. So, you know, there, there are many things that people need to do in order for them to get top dollar for their trade-in vehicle and, you know, as, as something as simple as cleaning it. <laughs> Which is, some people just seem to not do that in cars, and I think the can is one of them, if I'm not mistaken. Am I accurate with this assessment of your car situation there, Ken? <laughs> no, no, it's I. I'd like to take uh, good care of the interior of my car, but uh, like in the past, I will, I will lie. There have been times where it has gotten a little bit out of hand, where you might uh, be cleaning it out, and you find like an old McDonald's wrapper or something under the seats, which I'm not too proud of. But for the most part, I try to keep it pretty tight. Well, I think that there is some, there is a, there's a process that probably should happen uh, before you put the house into the market. Uh, I know that uh, there are stagers that now you can hire and photographers and, and people that do drone shots of your house. Uh, you know, I think that the, the next time the next time you come on the show, Faisal, I, I really want you to talk about uh, different ways to maximize the value of your home when you're planning to sell it. Um, you know, as a you know, as a prolific listing agent that you are, uh, I think that you you may have some secrets up your sleeve as to what people can do. Uh, I mean, clearly, other than calling you, because that's what you do, right? People call you, and you just make these things go away. <laughs> Isn't that what you do? That's my that's my job. Is to just make their, all their problems go away and fix it, right? 
Um, I, yeah, next next time you come on the show, I really want you to uh, to, to explore that and dissect it. Uh, how busy are you these days? Because man, the the activity that I see happening in the real estate market right now is is is, is quite remarkable. Considering that we're just coming out of a pandemic, how busy are you? Oh, extremely. We got so many people looking for properties, so and doing so many offers. And fortunately, you know, for the most buyers, it takes two or three offers before they finally get the house that they want, right? So yeah, a lot of work, a lot of paperwork. Well, I I want to thank you again for you know making your brain available to all my listeners here on the show, folks. If you need help in uh, buying a house or selling a house, listing a house, uh, or you want some uh, some advice on anything that has to do with your real estate needs, come and see my buddy Faisal. Uh, he will help you out. You can send him an email at info at mikasaagent.com or you can call him at 416-399-4227 and he will point you in the right direction. Perhaps that is the best phone call that you will ever make. Faisal, thank you so much for calling the Carrasco Show and uh, I'm, you know, hopefully we'll, um, we'll see you within the next couple of weeks. Is that okay? Oh, great. Well, thank you, Greg. And we'll talk to you later. Okay, thank you, Faisal. Uh, folks, this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and we're having a giant uh, flash sale this weekend, uh, today from uh, until 6 p.m. and tomorrow from 11 to 4, by appointments only tomorrow. Today you can just walk in because here in Oakville we're open. So tomorrow, appointments only. If you, if you got an email from us this weekend for the private sale, it's because you are one of our customers and you have done business with us. So that is something different. This is not the advertised price. That is specifically directed to our customers at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show here. And this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no commission salespeople. Uh, if, before you buy a luxury vehicle, you need to make it down to Oakville Infinity. No commission sales is definitely a different experience. And uh, unfortunately, I cannot tell you the deals that we're doing at Infinity because uh, we don't want to make people up, 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 upset. Uh, <laughs> let's talk to Ian from Oakville. <laughs> Ian, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. How can we help? Hi, Greg. I uh, love the show. I just like, I was asking thank you, you about, you were cranked this morning, that first hour, I tell you. Um, I always pay cash for cars because it gives me discipline, and I don't have an eighty thousand dollar caravan in my in my in my in my uh, in my garage. Drive because yes, how much if I, I if I come to if I, I just have a question if I come and bought a Nissan a base Nissan Sentra today from you, mm -hmm. gap insurance, mm -hmm. extended warranty, whatever the whole thing. How much how much does it mm -hmm. cost? Uh, with or without taxes. Uh, no taxes. I, I can't. We can't really deal with the tax. The taxes are what the taxes are. Yeah, right? Very low twenties. Low, low, low twenties. Twenty one, twenty two, maybe twenty three, depending on the extended warranty that you get. Is it for, how much is like the extended warranty? Is it like fifteen hundred dollars or? Oh no 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 no. thousand dollars or? It depends. No, they, they can vary from two thousand all the way up to six thousand, depending on yeah, true, uh, yeah. the kilometers, depending on the learn, you know, on the term, depending on uh, on on how long you plan to keep that, depending on how much you want covered, because there are some warranties that would only cover uh, major components. So if you want a comprehensive warranty, I mean, they can get pretty expensive. Think about it this way, Ian: if you're one of your ECU modules, if one of your computers, onboard computers, go, 
you're talking two, three thousand dollars. If you're talking about your telematic unit, you know, where, where your radio and your Apple CarPlay and all those things are, they're anywhere between five to eight thousand dollars to replace them. And uh, what a lot of people don't know is that most electronics in cars today are only covered for three years 60. They don't, they're not covered for five year 100. And I can tell you based on uh, personal experience that if something is going to fail on your car, it's certainly not going to be the engine or the transmission anymore. It's going to be your telematics. And when those things go, oh man, they're a pain. So that's what you have your warranties for. Uh, is so, Ian still there? Yeah, I'm right here. They're right here, Greg. I was like, so, yeah, yeah. so the gap insurance extended warranty, whatever, what else do you usually sell on like the, I, I, I avoid the financing insurance company group. I just say no, and I, I walk out the door. I, I find it like it's like, like I just, I, as you, as you said many times before, I buy a car once every 10 years. I probably spend a month. My wife usually buys it usually for her. I do not know anything. I know like a half a percent what you won't know, but I just look for the best price. My wife pays cash. I say to the financial insurance guy, no, thank you. I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to waste your time. I walk out the door. And then my wife buys a car, and, mm-hmm. and we wait 10 years. My wife buys a car. I sell an auto trader for whatever I can get for it, and we repeat the process. I've never, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've been buying cars for, I don't know, 35 years. Never had, I've never really had a, a, a problem with it. I don't get myself, we buy what we can afford. I don't buy anything that I'm going to go crazy about, I don't have this. So let me, let me ask you something. You know, here is a question for you. Let's yep. say that uh, you, you run into a six or $7,000 repair. Do you have the money to pay for it? I, I, I do have the money to pay for it. Okay, so you know, right there is where the issue is, Ian. Uh, because you have different means, uh, you look at the world in a different way. And, you know, I've had this conversation with, uh, with you know, my best friend, Kurt. Yep. Uh, you know, he can buy whatever he wants. So if you run into an unexpected six, $7,000 repair on your car, oh, no problem, I'll pay for it. But a lot of people don't have that kind of money available to them. And, you know, this is a, it's an interesting discussion because, uh, uh, you know, it shows itself differently in different areas of the city. And I want to elaborate a little bit of this with you, Ian, because you're sure. a pretty smart guy. But before we do this, I need to take a very, very small break so I can actually sure. elaborate in this conversation. Yeah. Uh, folks, the show is brought to you for Oak, you know, from Oakville Nissan, Oakville Infinity this weekend. Again, we have a crazy sale going on. Don't buy a car until you come and see me. Let's go for a small break, and we'll be right back. Sure. And we're back. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show here with my friend Ken Stapon, Canada's largest automotive radio show. And uh, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. You know, I'm not going to say it again. You know what to do. You're looking for a car? Don't go anywhere. Come and see me. I'll point you in the right direction. I'll tell you where to go where to buy, what to buy, who to buy it from. I'm going to literally remove all the anxiety of buying a car from you, regardless of whether you're buying a Nissan or Infiniti or something else. I know the people that you should do, you should do business with. I've been in the business for about 30 years here in Southern Ontario, and I know who is who in the city. So that's how I help you. Now, I'm going to address Ian quickly. Ian, are you still there? Yeah, I'm right here, Greg. Okay, you know, number one, I have to thank you for listening to the show. I know that you're a you know, loyal listener and you're with me here every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. until 11 a.m. 
that's our time slot, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. But, uh, you know, and this is also the, the risk of dealing with anecdotes. You know, an anecdotal experience is probably one of the least reliable ways of looking at the world. And, uh, you know, I'm super happy for you, Ian, that you have the financial means to be able to normally pay cash for a car, which most people can't, but also uh, that you have the kind of cash laying around that you can actually withstand an onslaught of car repairs to the degree of six, seven, eight thousand dollars and you can actually pay for it. You see, you know, when when Stats Canada says that the average Canadian has about five hundred dollars in the bank account, that's the average Canadian. This is not something that most people can do, Ian. So when you when you say that this is the way that you do it and this is the way that works for you, you're right. It only works for you. Uh, but the vast majority of the population do not have the, 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 the ability to do the things that you do. Would you agree with that statement? Uh, I, I, as you said, if you said many times in the show, cars, cars nowadays are not like when I, honestly, I'll show my age. I had an, uh, like a 76 Oldsmobile. The difference between a, a 76 Oldsmobile and a 2021 Nissan Sentra, where I used to, Stick my glove into the choke to get it to start is is life and is is night and day difference. I eh? like I cars. Of course. Like I don't think I don't think if I buy a nice Nissan Sentra uh, from you today and I drive it my I don't know fifteen twenty thousand kilometers, I'm going to run into a huge repair. I just, I just don't think I'm going to run into that. Like I have a I have a Hyundai Elantra in my garage. It's got two hundred thirteen thousand kilometers on it. It's two thousand and nine. I think I've done a. I think I. I think the biggest repair on that car was a bearing, like it, like other than you know brakes and everything. Wow, well, but everything. you see, and and again, Ian, that's and that's exactly the problem with anecdotes because they only apply to you and to nobody else. So you know, just because you had a problem, you know, I said this to somebody once, you know, uh, just because I had a problem with a girlfriend back in, uh, you know, when I was seventeen, I'm not going to date girls anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you can't use those uh, those blank statement to say this works for everybody and this is the way that you should do it now at the store I am exposed to thousands and thousands of people that do not have the same ability that you do and I'm super happy that you are in that position which is great but it only works for you and in no way shape or form should be taken as an advice from the Carrasco show to the general population because most people should buy the vehicle through a finance at zero percent or low rate most people should get themselves an extended warranty or gap insurance and whatnot because I know that most of you are not as lucky as Ian is and Ian, thank you so much for the phone call. I really appreciate it. Um, let's uh, let's talk to Adam in North York before uh, before the end of the show. Adam, thank you for calling the show. Yes, hi. So I'm not Ian. <laughs> I'm more like most of you. <laughs> okay. So I have a 2009 Nissan Altima hybrid, and lately it okay. does not want to go into hybrid mode. And I took it to my mechanic, and he fooled around, and then it worked, and now it's not working again. Do you have any idea what it could be that keeps it from kicking into EV? Uh, well, I can tell you what you're doing wrong. Are you servicing the vehicle at a Nissan store? Yeah, well, I have. And, uh, and so your mechanic is a Nissan dealership? Yes, yes. And, oh, but he won't okay. tell me what he's then doing. Then I, I couldn't. 
Um, you know, I, without, it's, it's very difficult to diagnose vehicles over the phone, especially if I don't know exactly what is happening when, when this takes place. This is what I can tell you, Adam. Why don't you bring the vehicle to my store? Uh, we'll give it to one of my experts, and you're going to get a second opinion. Because, uh, you know, we, we can all find different things, and a different set of eyes will look at the problem uh, from a different perspective, and you may get a different answer from us. Uh, either way, uh, you know, the car is not going into uh, hybrid mode. So when can you make it down? Oh, I can make it next week. Just come and see me. I'll be at the store. You know, give me a quick call, and uh, I'll make sure that there is enough room there for you, and I'll make sure that my techs will look after your vehicle because it's impossible for me to tell you what's wrong with the vehicle over the phone like this uh, without knowing the history, the kilometers, what what happened next, and, and so on and so on. There are so many things that, that need to take place uh, in order for me to give you uh, adequate advice, okay? So come and see me next week, and we'll look after you. I appreciate it. I'll see you Thank next you, week. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. See you next week. Boy, what a day today, Ken. I, I even have a headache. I normally don't end up my show with a headache. <laughs> today I have a headache. <laughs> and my headaches won't end. I know that this is the beginning of more headaches over the weekend and on Monday. And it's like, ah, oh, great. Thank you, people, for giving me these headaches. Uh, I hope, you know, the only hope that we have here on the Carrasco Show is that every week you will learn one thing. If you pick something new up uh, that is going to improve your life in any way, shape, or form, my job is done. This is, this is my life's work here, the show. This is for you. Uh, you know, producing income is a is selfish, you know, purpose is, is, is not. And this is the purpose. I like to communicate ideas. I like to help people out. And uh, if I can be used as a point of reference in, in any decision that will benefit you and your family, by all means, this my job is complete. Now, when it comes to buying and selling vehicles, you know what to do. Um, you know, for a long time, I told you that you should go wherever you're at. But um, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, Things have changed. I've changed my mind and many, many different things. And just like Nav pointed out before, I was against opening dealerships on Sunday. And, you know, I went at him pretty hard. This was back in the early 2000s. It's been a while since. But, uh, you know, thank you, Nav, for reminding me of that. He called me out right on the show. It's amazing. <laughs> he has a long memory. Either way, uh, I think that, uh, you know, the time has come for you to find me. You need to find me. I will make your car problems go away. Um, the, the tens of thousands of people that I've heard over, uh, that I have helped over the last three decades will tell you that. So I am at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and uh, there is really something happening there, especially this weekend, the flash sale tomorrow. Remember, it's only appointments today until 6. Don't miss it. It could be the best dealership experience that you have ever had. There is something happening here at oakvillenissan.com. 